Greetings, Flesh Wound Horror Freaks, and welcome to hell. I am Flesh Wound Dan, joined by producer Todd. Good evening. And the, the man with the box down there tonight, Pugs Dread. Allison Janes. Namaste. <laughs> and Mike Kruger. Welcome to primetime, bitch. There you go. The only person who's probably put hooks into human flesh. Before. <laughs> I've had them pardoned to me as well. There you go. There you go. So he knows what My it's like. Fucking ear. <laughs> knows what it's like. He ain't afraid of no Cenobites. God damn it. Uh, so, yeah, we've been talking about this show for a, a while now and it's obviously near and dear to my heart clive barker in general your hellbound uh, heart come on man We're, the puns are right themselves <laughs> <laughs> my hellbound heart uh clive barker is uh one of the main reasons probably more than anybody that i'm a horror fan um you know mount rushmore for me you got to put clive barker up there for horror and uh yeah you're excited it, Makes sense that this main event's Halloween 2022 for us, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna rank the films, we're gonna talk a little bit about the films, we're gonna show off some merch, some of it's sticking out. I, I had to drag, I had to drag shelves just to get it all here. Uh, so I don't know if I'll, I'll show it all, but uh, I will show a ton of it. So, uh, yeah. Very excited for this. Uh, so, so yeah, I can tell. Right on. I am. This is my. This is my fandom. Damn it! I love this stuff. So, do so, we get to shit on it like you do everyone else's? <laughs> hey, look, your opinion. I'm not lowering opinion. myself for this fucking piece of shit. So go for it, Dan. You have a great time. Shit, shit on whatever you want to shit on. Now, there'll be some shitting tonight. I think, no matter what. I mean, you know, a lot of movies here. Uh, but before we get 11. into all of that. Yeah, before we get into all of that, though, so just to understand the lead up to Hellraiser, which I think is kind of important, uh, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit here, but uh, it all really, truly started with uh, Clive Barker's grandpa, who was uh, a cook on a ship, and he brought home a puzzle box from the Far East to clive barker which uh uh certainly kind of important for what would come later he also clive had an obsession with this with skinless bodies of course as you see in the films and that all uh goes back to a book a, a from 1543 a medical book called uh and i'm probably butchering it butchering this but de, de humani corporis fabrica uh, by Andreas Vesalins. Um, very important. These two little things, this this medical book, whose pronunciation I, I know I probably butchered, and uh, this puzzle box that his dad, that his grandfather, part of me, brought home. Uh, I think that's just really cool how something like that led to a phenomenon. Just guy on a ship out there just picked that puzzle box puzzle box up and changed horror history so shout out to clive's grandpa because i think that's very important to the franchise that uh though well, certainly fist i bump granddaddy uh. <laughs> fist bump in heaven or wherever you are hell you know just having a good time wherever you are i hope or, and or uh 
Uh, a lot of this was, of course, uh, shown in some of Clive's early, early uh, uh, short films, which um, a lot of those themes. But the thing is, right a few years before we got the Hellraiser film, there was a game changer in horror literature, and that is the Books of Blood. Um, the Books of Blood was just amazing. Some of the greatest sh horror short stories ever to this day. It changed the way we look at, at horror literature. The, if you haven't read Books of Blood, even if you're not a big reader, like I just think that that's like one of the ones where you should make an exception because in, in terms of the horror genre, it is so very important that also a couple years ago adapted uh for hulu but there's nothing that beats the actual uh the actual book uh it's just amazing and you get an early look at what led to hellraiser with you know the yattering and jack which kind of had a demon was kind of a demon themed story and uh of course inhuman condition which involved a uh, a man who solves this sort of not puzzle which unleashes demons you get that early look at hellraiser and i think if you are a hellraiser fan or just a horror fan in general you owe it to yourself to check out the books of blood uh because i i, I can't oversell it that is just those are just amazing uh, 31 stories, six volumes uh, originally, and absolutely worth it. Um, and <clears throat> so that kind of leads in a little bit. I'm not going to do like a whole bio on, on Clive Barker, but I, I think it's important to kind of understand where sort of his interests and obsessions come from. Um, we have a very early on uh clive barker was gonna shoot this this the first hellraiser movie under the shooting title sadomasochists from beyond the grave which i still think is hilarious and i kind of wonder if he, he yeah. got his that happened it's gotta be a death metal <laughs> band that has that name <laughs> well i i'm not the guy to ask but i would say 100 percent uh I'm sure there's yeah. a punk man out there that's well, long gone. <laughs> Order of the Gash. That's the one I'm going with. Order of the Gash has to be a thing, too. Uh, I'm not the greatest as far as, like, musical uh, stuff goes, but uh, that there is no way that that is not a thing. Um, leading up, though, to Hellraiser, we can't forget Clyde Barker didn't have the best start in movies, although I know that these two films have their fans. Uh, he had initially done two movies, uh, Transmutations and Rawhead Rex, for producer George Pavlin, also adaptations. Um, and James Kaplan rewrote the Transmutations screenplay and cut a ton of Clive's dialogue. And... Um, Empire Pictures, I believe, cut 10 minutes from the movie. So initially, it, it tanked at the box office, had a very limited release. Things were not good early on for, for Clive in the movie business. 
but then came Rawhead Rex, which generally speaking, uh, I think a more popular movie than Transmutation. Some may argue that. He was promised a little bit more control on Rawhead Rex. Uh, he wrote uh, the first draft uh, after... <laughs> Then the budget being cut by a million dollars and uh, Clive being banned from set. The monster in Rawhead Rex was initially described as a 10-foot dick on legs, uh, which is shown in a graphic <laughs> novel adaptation by Les Edwards. Hell yeah. Uh, which is well worth checking out. Again, not going to run down everything on the, the drama there, but it was just a really wretched... Uh, experience and they try the green man uh producing team tried to make four other books of blood stories into movies but uh the rights expired and clive fortunately was able to prevent it uh i have fun with rawhead rex but yeah, definitely not the guys you wanted to to go in to work on hellraiser rawhead uh, rex with. rules uh so that's kind of the lead up and as I started to mention before, also just seeing that the genesis of Hellraiser, Clive's short films, uh, Salome and The Forbidden, which he did in the 70s, um, kind of also shows Clive's just love of puzzles and skinless human beings. And um, all, those are really well worth checking out. You really should check them out on the uh, the Scarlet box set, or they were released on DVD back in the day. And uh, and yeah, so um, Clive's uh, pals, who became synonymous with the Hellraiser franchise, Peter Atkins and Doug Bradley. Uh, they started up Hydra Theater Company, and which later became the Dog Company, which is where all of these kind of connections start to come together and slowly leading to the first Hellraiser film, uh, which is a, a U.S. produced but British made film shot at uh, Cricklewood Production Village in London. And yes. I'll probably jump around uh, tonight quite a bit uh, in in time here. Uh, considering this bad start for Clive, you know, you probably, you know, if you were a movie insider, you wouldn't necessarily be expecting much uh, from a Clive Barker adaptation at this point, if you saw Rawhead Rex and Transmutations, because so much of this came together so fast, uh, you know, it just... It was just boom, boom, boom. And Hellbound Heart, what an amazing uh, novella. It's very, very, you read it and it, it almost plays like a movie in your head. Uh, yet at the same time, when I look back at 1987 and where the horror genre was, it's hard to picture us getting the film that we got at this time. The, the slasher boom was certainly well past the golden age by 1987. We were a lot of uh, sort of comedy more so than anything injected into the genre over the last uh, couple of years, a few years at that point. Uh, Hellraiser was something different. And look, I love 
my slashers as much as the next guy. But when you look at Hellraiser, that was just it's such a game changer. It was something different, something scary, something uh, darkly sexual that, that we were not getting uh, much, of, if any at all, in 1987. I often wonder where Hellraiser would be if it had just been made a few years earlier if we didn't you know rawhead rex and transmutations didn't happen somehow some way we were able to get that out a little bit earlier before the tone changed in our genre going into the 90s um so with all that being said we'll kind of start to jump into the movies here a little bit uh there are some decisions that clive initially wanted that i think wouldn't have been good. Clive initially wanted the band Coil to do the music for Hellraiser. And uh, it was actually New World executive Tony Randall, who of course went on to direct Hellbound Hellraiser 2, who chose Christopher Young to do the music. I'm going to put over Tony Randall a lot uh, once we get more into our traditional franchise ranking and everything. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think that guy is amazing. Um, I had a random chat with him years ago online, which kind of blew my mind. I was doing the radio show, but like, I don't know. I put over Hellbound and randomly struck up a conversation with him, uh, which was just so cool. I, I don't know if he realizes how important he is to the horror genre, uh, because Hellbound had many issues, which we'll highlight later. And I think that the Christopher Young, choosing Christopher Young to do the music for Hellraiser was a game changer. Uh, Christopher Young's score, I use game changer a lot tonight, but I'm excited. So it, it is. Christopher Young's score for Hellraiser is my favorite score in horror films, period. Um, I know there's plenty of iconic scores that people will throw in there and argue and hey they're all great but for me it is christopher young it made hellraiser really stand out as something a little more uh, adult in in air in an era where we were getting a lot of popcorn fun and there's nothing wrong with you know popcorn movies but to understand where i'm coming from is just a fanboy i went to catholic school so the idea of hell and all that stuff at that time, that was very real. So when I saw fucking Hellraiser, that was scary. In a way that Michael Myers, look, love Michael Myers. Michael Myers didn't scare me. Jason Voorhees, cool as shit, didn't scare me. But the Order of the Gash, the Cenobites, though that fucking scared me. That tells you uh, something about religion. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, at that time, hey. Uh, make fun of me if you will but that was fucking terrifying yet I couldn't look away uh, again major reason why I'm a horror fan uh, Clive Barker and um, wow just to see his imagination come to life on screen I just in awe I can remember as a little kid just shaking watching that and freaking me the fuck out, but yet I could not turn back. I knew I saw something substantial. And what age were you? 
I don't even remember, like way too fucking young. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah. And so there's a lot of stories you're kind of familiar with going into uh, Hellraiser um, as far as who ended up working on the film. We've all heard the story of Doug Bradley initially almost playing the mattress guy, the mover, because he just wanted his face to be on screen. So <laughs> you never got that. You may not have gotten that iconic character that was never supposed to be anyways. Um, the, you know, the hell, the hell priest in, in the novel is not, you know, not a big thing. Not um, even in charge. It was Butterball, wasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, well. Julia was supposed to be the face of the the franchise, and it it's it's funny how things work out. Just a great makeup job, and Doug Bradley isn't a horror icon. Poor which, Julia got urkled. <laughs> well, she did. Well, you know what though? Claire Higgins did not want to be the female Freddy Krueger that they wanted her to be. So you know, she's a stage actress. Same thing with uh, Kenneth Cranham for Dr. Chenard. I don't think he was particularly interested in being a horror icon. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into that more. Too fucking bad. <laughs> it's amazing to me how a small uh, theater troupe became, basically ended up in this movie. Y you know, you go and try and make a career in in film like that, you, you're not necessarily bringing all your friends along with you, but Clyde Barker's cousin, Grace Kirby played the female Cenobite, uh, which later I'm going to talk a little bit about. It, it, there's so much, and I know I'm not going to touch upon it all, but I'll touch about on the Cenobites in the comics, because you get more backstory with the Cenobites in the comics. And um, boom. from boom. So, yes. Grace Kirby, Clive's cousin, uh, his uh, uh, dog company alumni. Um, you, you got Nicholas Vince, who played the Chatterer, Simon Bamford, uh, Butterball, and uh, his school friend Doug Bradley, of course, who almost <laughs> picked that role, uh, which Oliver Parker ended up playing. And uh, yes, uh, we're off to the races at this point. Um, it's, it's so, it's, Hellraiser is just, it's so different. I know if, if we took a poll on everybody's favorite franchises, I'm well aware Friday the 13th, Halloween, you're going to have more people that put that above Hellraiser. I would argue that, uh, for me, it is more unique i think there's a lot more going on again not this shit on slashers i love slashers but hellraiser is different i think it almost doesn't really compare it's, a, it's just a it's a different thing well, it started out different for sure yeah. i was gonna say uh, uh, it becomes which, different for another reason which is going to be interesting when we get into our rankings I, I won't get ahead of ourselves but i i think i have a feeling like some stuff that might i think it, it, it kind of hurts it that oh. the fact that you know Less than a third of these movies started out as Hellraiser movies. So I think when, when you're talking about the franchise, and I know we're going to get into that. More. There's some arguments on some of that, which I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get into. But 
Are you aware that in 86, it was actually Virgin Films that was interested in doing a uh, Hellraiser uh, film also, which I didn't bring up uh, earlier. Um, it, it's strange because, <laughs> because we'll get into the Cenobites only have like between seven and eight minutes of screen time in the original film. Uh, that is all you need. Obviously. There's a lot more going on, though. Like, yeah, there's you know, a Frank lot. and Julia and Definitely. And honestly, if you go back to any of the the first ones of any of these franchises, the screen time of our villain, hero, whatever you want to call him, Mm -hmm. Freddy, Jason, Michael, they're all like 10 minutes maximum. Usually, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. More than the Cenobites, but yeah. Dr. Lecter. Yeah, I think Michael Myers is like seven minutes in the original. Um, but it, yeah. less than eight, and he won an Academy Award for playing well, him. There you go. But my, my point is, yeah, it, it's when you get the sequels is when you get the yeah, yeah abundance absolutely. of the character, and, and you know, generally. But um, Dan, before we go into general, do you have anything else? I mean, should we just start in our first film now? Uh, I think I've I've covered as much as I I can uh, leading up to the leading up to this, but. Yes, uh, understanding also British horror at this time. Hammer was king, and Hammer was king until the 70s, and wow, uh, were we about, and I love Hammer, were we about to get hit with a brick here with uh, Hellraiser. Um, So, all right, general discussion. Let's go for it. And I'll probably be rambling and going back to other shit tonight so there you go I'm, I'm so obsessed with trying to get all this in and we're almost half an hour in and i haven't even talked about it. and you're just yeah. rambling now i am but i fucking <laughs> love it todd i'm a geek what can i say all right so, hellraiser 1 1987 dad come on so since i've been flapping my gums en- enough so far and i've yeah. told my story with the franchise uh kruger how did you first uh discover hellraiser yourself um I, I I mean it, it was on TV when I was a kid, you know, just by my parents being horror fans. The first one first, or did you see it? Uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure. I just always remember the image of Pinhead and you know hit him and his dialogue kind of creeping me out. But uh, I think the first time I ever sat down and saw it, I was probably around like and just watched the first movie. I was probably either maybe eight, maybe a little bit younger. Um, and the thing that always mem- mesmerized me by about the first Hellraiser was just the effects. I mean, you have the opening scene where Frank, you know, uh, is reincarnated through the floor with the blood, and it starts off with this amazing looking heart, and just the way the effects look with the stop motion mixed into it, uh, awesome, awesome stuff. And I always was just a big fan of that opening, and that. I mean, it hooked me from that moment on, and just watching, you know, watching at such a young age and not necessarily understanding all the sexuality stuff going on too uh it blew my mind and i i I do agree with like i'm a slasher fan uh, uh, through and through but hellraiser i do put uh the original film above like all the you know my favorites from other slasher franchises but like you see pinhead kind of gets lumped into a slasher i don't consider him one but 
like he gets lumped in as a slasher icon. So you he's a horror icon. So they kind of like get mixed up. Yeah, I mean it. It became that to a certain degree. Yeah, a little bit in the later films, but uh, yeah, the first one I've always loved it It, from start to finish. Always, every time I watch and sit down, and it always goes by so fast and. Uh, it's one of those movies, though, where like I can't just watch one. I always got to watch one and two together. But I'll get more into that when we cover Hellbound. Absolutely. Um, Pugs, how did you discover it? You know what? Like you, Dan, I don't really remember. I I believe it was the trailer for Hellraiser 3 that caught my eye. So I don't think I saw it in order uh uh, at first, but I do remember going, "What the hell are these things? This looks cool." And then when he does the church thing and the fire comes up, I'm like, "I want to see this." I didn't get to see it for a while, but it's Motorhead <laughs> for a lot of people. And yeah, like this uh, Hellraiser or Ozzy, he does that song too. Yeah. Um, yeah. but for this one, it was uh, Motorhead. Motorhead. Uh, but I do remember uh, the first time I saw the first Hellraiser, and I was disappointed. But I was also too young. I'm like, there's two, there's a lot of cool shit going on. I don't understand a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think it was in middle school where it finally registered. Like, this is fucking incredible. <laughs> so yeah. uh, once that happened, and I saw um, the sequels and what have you, I was on board because like I was, I already liked the way he looked. I've always been a villain guy, and he mm-hmm. clearly they're they look like awesome fucking bad guys. So I, I was already in. And uh, yeah, it grew with me, and uh, I'm a big Hellraiser fan to this day. Not all of them, but we'll get to that. Yeah, the original, I got, I mean, it's probably like in my top 10 of favorite movies ever. It don't miss. Todd? Todd. <sighs> well, I'm the old one. <laughs> I did not see it in theaters, actually, though. I don't remember if it was just not available to me, but mm-hmm. I remember very distinctly reading it. It probably was '88 because I want to. I believe the release date was October '87 for the theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I don't know the home video date off, off heart, and I don't expect Dan to either. Um, so it was early '88. Rented it. Uh, if anyone remembers the VHS intro for the to buy your previously viewed copy, that memory is so stuck in my brain, and. Um, <laughs> And it was it delivered. It is, and I agree with what you say. While when we come to the rankings later, it may not be what I'm about to say, but there is no arguing that this is one of the best horror films ever made. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and not to stop you, Todd, but put your rankings and all that as we go along in the chat as well. We're curious. We'll, we'll, yeah. Um. So, again, when it comes to rankings, it's gonna be my. That'll be a whole thing, but um, yeah. Saw it, fell in love with it, um, and yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, it's it's a masterpiece. Yeah. What else is it, there more to say about it? It's also quite frankly, I, I mean, I was a reader from a very young age, but I mean, it really was one of those things that really inspired me to read even more, read for pleasure. Um, What's your it's, pleasure? Reading. It's very <laughs> different. From the book, of course, as most of you probably watching this video know, Kirsty was a family friend. Uh, there was a lot of things different about it. Again, Pinhead. We didn't get the, enough semen in the uh, movie, if you ask me. <laughs> there, there you go. You have that great shot, uh, not shot, uh, that great image in uh, the novella 
where uh, Julia's in her wedding dress at the end. There's certainly some stuff in there that I think would have been interesting. And as we mentioned, Pinhead was kind of a a genderless number, not called Pinhead uh, in Lead the Cenobite. Mike Barker well, actually. Well, he was. He was. He was lead. Yeah, he does. He was lead Cenobite in the. Uh, That's why in the Gospels he the named movie. him Hell Priest. Yeah. yeah. No, in the, um, Crimson, the, the Scarlet Gospels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, just, I did. So, I did want to throw ahead. out real quick. I, I didn't mention it. I think the fact that they didn't know what country of origin they wanted this from gives it like a different feel because you know it's part British, part English. That like, was like it, a, a note, like a couple yeah. weeks into filming. Like, <laughs> it, but it, it didn't it start makes, out that way. No, yeah, I, and American. I know, and that's British and makes, England are the same thing. Just wanted to, yeah, no, you said, said English. English, yes, American, yeah. No, the do- are you talking about English, the dubbing? Yeah, no. Yes, yeah. I'm talking about the fact they didn't know what country of origin they wanted you to believe this was. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, which and the notes that they got, and then the dubbing, it gives it a different world feel than just like if it was straight British or straight mm-hmm. American. Yeah, it, it does, and I think that adds to like the. I don't want to say the that makes it feel a little off in a good way, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a lot of that's kind of silly because who cares? Just set it where you're shooting. American right? audiences care. American, yeah. Asian audiences care. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, iconic New World pictures. Uh, anytime I still... see it, I still think Hellraiser. That's like the first thing that comes uh, to mind. And uh, also shout out to Christopher Fig, of course, who I don't know if I mentioned in our opening uh that uh got them funding through new world pictures with uh christopher christopher fig of course producing there's so many names which we'll highlight here and there that are responsible for making uh hellraiser the phenomenon that it that it is um and like i said the movie and hellbound heart uh kirsty also uh got a lot more fight in her in the movie uh versus the book uh it, it's such a breeze to read uh, Hellbound Heart, and it is worth worth it. Like I said, even if you're not a big reader, just to kind of, um, you know, have a, a good overview of everything. And I really love the ending of the book. Again, Julia, their wedding dress and everything. Um, so, yeah, the first film, iconic. Like, it's one of those movies, you know, if I were... Uh, more of age when I, I saw it, it would be impossible to imagine that a sequel would come even close. And um, we'll see where we are on all of that. But for me, did you have to hold somebody's wow. beer? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Randall, hold uh, hold my beer. Yeah, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put over something else with Tony Randall that I don't know if Kruger. Are you aware that this is the band responsible for Godzilla 1985? He he's the one who took over and took it and made the American version. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that I think was, I know. Yeah, about. so I think that's you know he's got a little bit of the Godzilla lore, and then of course Hellraiser. He's got a big part. Let's get and that which, fucking pin, Pinhead versus well, Godzilla movie. <laughs> which Godzilla eighty five is the first movie I think of when I see the New World logo. He, he's so. also iconic for the first film too. I mean, it was his call to have uh, Frank resurrected in a scene that obviously became so iconic. It's um, up there with the thing. 
Like, yeah, yeah. It's, Come on. it's insanity. Uh, you would think like, oh, the exact interfering. Like, sometimes they're right. I mean, with, with we'll Tony Randall, about, we'll talk about other execs interfering later. <laughs> um. So yes, I, I'm going to be doing a lot of putting over of him. Um, and are you going to put uh, him over later? Awesome. Absolutely. Um. Uh, sorry, lost my my train of thought there, but the first film. Do we all agree? Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Criticism I think I think we all are all agree it's a classic. Okay. Good. I, I thought we were gonna have a hazing situation where I'd have to punch somebody. So that's. I'd like uh, to see you try. Yeah. Who are you that, gonna punch, motherfucker? I I would I would come after Wait, you. So? Then, you they were being so it, good, but... then you had to bring up last week's. Last <laughs> we're, still, we're we're still gonna be good. We're not gonna sink down this fucker's level. Let it. I haven't let it go yet. Gotcha. Shove it up your ass, Dan. What else are you talking about? <laughs> Hellbound, Hell Hellraiser 2. All right. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Copy, um, paste, and. <laughs> and how did he do it? So much that was, was just going wrong at that time. I mean, you have Andrew Robinson dropping out of the film with you know, two weeks to shoot, uh, which I think roughly it was two weeks to shoot, which is just insane. Uh, you have an original film that was just groundbreaking. People hadn't seen anything like that before. It, it's one of my great regrets that I, I couldn't experience this on a, on a big screen. It's often talked about, you know, the exorcist, the initial screenings, and just how rough that was for some people. Frankenstein, nineteen, you know, in the nineteen thirties, that was terrifier you know, you have, two in the twenty twenty twos. Yeah, I don't know Frankenstein level, but yeah, certainly you're getting some of those reactions. I wish I could have been there for the young horror fan that thought they were going to see, uh, that thought they were going to see, you know, a, a popcorn horror flick. Good time. <laughs> Those trailers back then delivered New World trailers. You you got what you're getting. I don't think anyone went in there expecting popcorn. Yeah, you yeah. You never know though. Like there there just wasn't anything like this. And Tony Randall had to overcome so much. I mean, there were massive uh, rewrites. There's that uh, you can actually see the drawing in the uh, Leviathan uh, story of Hellbound Hellraiser two doc where you had like Frank and Larry like fused as Siamese twins in the script at one point. Um, Andrew Robinson just didn't think he had enough to do, I guess. Uh, and as was also pointed out in that particular doc, it wouldn't really make much sense why, why uh, Larry would be in hell anyways. So it, it kind of works, but uh yeah, I mean, between the budget cuts and, you know, Robinson and just on paper, Hellbound Hellraiser 2 should have been a disaster. And it it wasn't. Um, it's uh, uh, it's amazing. And we, we have to also put up put over the uh, those matte paintings of hell by Cliff Cully okay. that adds so much because they had to work their asses off because they didn't have this massive budget um hellbound looks like such a, an epic film uh 
but you know we weren't talking insane amounts of money at this point and uh um you know and thank god tony randall directed this thing i'm sure and again as you see in some of the docs and everything it wasn't easy um i, I think he had a lot of uh <laughs> points where he probably thought he was going to have a, a mental breakdown but uh you know he stepped in clive you know, we think of Clive Barker as a horror writer, and he is, but Clive was kind of moving more into, like, dark fantasy, and, you know, he didn't want to just be known as the horror guy, and um, I don't know. I, again, I maybe this is a better film because Tony Randall directed it and not Clive Barker as much as I love him. I mean, um, it, it, this everything in, in, in Hellbound just... I couldn't believe my jaw was on the floor the same way it was with uh, with uh, Hellraiser. I just I could not believe that this got me again. This sort of sealed it that this was my favorite uh, franchise. And the image uh, imagination effects are just top notch. And um, wow, they got me again. Uh, so uh, I have sucked this one off thoroughly. Uh <laughs> Hellbound. I know we're going to probably get into the ranking in a bit, but I think the first two especially are important to, you know, put over. Uh, what did you think when you saw Hellbound? Because, wow. Like I said, I always have to watch the first Hellraiser and Hellbound together because, you know, I just think it's such a great continuation of the story. And, yeah, it just feels bigger to like a, on a grander scale us actually getting to go in hell and see you know the leviathan actually see uh cenobite being made when dr chenard has his uh transformation scene which always haunted the fuck out of me just the way those tentacles and the spikes are being shoved into his mouth uh really really haunting stuff also the uh the resurrection scene in this movie too with uh, uh julia uh killing that psych patient that's slicing up his arms because he thinks that there's maggots inside of them. Uh, just another really haunting scene and just brutal. The way that guy dies and the way she kills him is just so fucking disturbing. Um, anything with just, you know, the image of these people, skinless people always like scared me as a kid. And like still to this day, it's a haunting thing that I think is missing in some of the later sequels that I, I wish we would have got more of that because I always love that image. And uh, yeah, the 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 big showdown between Chenard and just Chenard's character in general. Uh, I think it's, he's awesome, like mad scientist, and having that mixed into the you know his obsession with the puzzle boxes, and now he finally has everything that he's been looking for, and he can discover all the pleasures of you know beyond uh, the realm of possibility. Uh, it's just it's really cool, and that the way it all comes down, he ends up becoming like the new head Cenobite and taking out all the, you know, the OGs in, in that big showdown scene. I always loved that. And uh, just little little things in this, too, where, like, the, the scene where they're, all the patients are uh, sitting there with puzzle boxes with the hooks in their head. And there's just disturbing imagery uh, throughout this thing. Also, Tiffany's, I believe her name was Tiffany, right? The blonde yes. girl? Yeah. yeah, her character, too, just her being, you know, this mute person that's obsessed with solving puzzles and the way Chenard uses her to, you know, open the box is just brilliant. And it's one of the best horror sequels of all time. And it is. Uh, for a very long time, it was my favorite Hellraiser movie. 
Yeah, and uh, Pete Atkins, who thank God he lied about his history of writing screenplays to get this job as well. Another uh, fixture going forward into some of the other sequels. Um, and uh, um, yeah, just for, for all the challenges with this, the 20%, I believe it was, budget cut, that's huge. You know, you're one of your stars dropping out. Um, yeah, um, I, there were some pluses. The move from uh, Cricklewood to Pinewood Studios definitely helped you uh, have the space to create a more epic scope to the film, which they, they certainly did here. Um, if I remember but, correctly, a certain Batman movie was being filmed around that time, too. So they it, might have crossed paths. It was, yeah. <laughs> uh, great film, not quite Hellraiser. You know, it's, it's not too bad. No. Just kidding, bugs. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, maybe we could fuse those. That'd be pretty damn cool. A little. I'm fucking down. <laughs> Joker and Arkham somehow opens the box. Can you imagine Joker? Cinema? Joker would take over hell. Oh my god! You just made my dick hard. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's not awkward at all. But uh, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. I'm sure Dan had his first awkward boner during Hellraiser. But, uh, my only complaint. <laughs> My only complaint on Hellraiser 2, I still want to see the surgery footage. That <laughs> it tell me with that tease me with the damn still. I know, but no, I love Hellraiser 2. It's 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 I don't want to say it's quite alien to aliens, but it's it's close. I think yeah. I yeah, I, I think that's a fair comparison. Yeah. You you also Clive wanted that uh really fucked up uh skin sex scene between uh Julia and Dr. Malahide, uh, of course, later became Dr. Chenard. Uh, that that would have been interesting. It, it is one thing about Hellraiser. I mean, it's a very sexual, you know, franchise, but there's not a whole lot in the way of actual, like, fucking and nudity. Uh, you know, it, it's never quite gone as far as I think they could go. Lots of skinless that. nudity. <laughs> yeah, I want some skinless fucking, goddammit. It's not too late. Hulu, skinless fucking. Come on. Serve. Mm -hmm. Netflix. I will cancel Netflix if you give me skinless fucking. Um, but anyways. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're going to circle back again in our rankings, but uh, had to put those over. And yeah, anybody that I haven't uh, mentioned. Also, Rose Sylvester, uh, the Cenobite costumes in 1 and 2. Got to put her over. Everybody that worked on makeup effects. There's too many names to name drop, but uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for giving us such a classic. All your work uh, uh, will be there long after we're all gone. Um, so, uh, do we want to keep doing a general discussion of each? Oh yeah, you're not or... you're not going to disrespect Mega Producer. It's time to take over when Dimension enters the picture. That's a whole thing okay. right there. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna keep it positive until I get to like my rankings and I'll explain a little bit more um, where I'm at. Cause I'm sure it's gonna, but yeah, Hellraiser so definitely free. need to, to talk the theatrical films. Okay. Yeah. Then I figure, yeah, we'll jump to rankings. That's, that sounds good. Um, all right. So Hellraiser three hell on earth. Uh, Clive Barker was actually basically paid to walk away from this one. So, you know, this is kind of an end of an era. Not um, the first payoff the man's done, but nobody. There he, 
Absolutely. Um, Pete Atkins, we do get back writing the script for three. Uh, we lose all of the uh, the um, traditional Cenobites. We kind of get the pseudo Cenobites at this point. Uh, Anthony Hickox, to his credit, uh, Tony Randall was initially hired to direct this one, but uh, he had issues with the producers who fired him. Um, and you got to understand at this point, New World dies oh, between yeah. two and three. So that kind of throws everything into Thanks, chaos. Hogan. And, and uh, uh, you know, they had had some flops. Dead Heat, you know, they'd had some big budget Great flops. film, though. Great it film, is. but it was a flop, <laughs> unfortunately. Who, who knew um, Joe Piscopo wasn't going to break the box? Best thing Joe Piscopo ever did. Um, so, yeah. Look, this is the MTV movie, and in some ways, they I think it, I think it's unfair to call it the MTV movie. It's it is. A, it's it a mainstream movie. Yeah, the main that and that's I what think they want. Because it's more movie. like that's, more animated and they're like yeah, it's time stamped. It's very early. Fucking well, but that's it's what, a studio and, film. I think more than just MTV, it's a studio. Film. Yeah, that's what they told Anthony Hickox to do. They wanted Hellraiser three to be more mainstream, and um, we get the more over the top Cenobites <laughs> again, pseudo Cenobites like CD Camera Head, uh, Piston Head. Uh, oh, a lot, shit. The new a, take on uh, Deep Throat too with the cigarette Dreamer. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of that was kind of added later at the studio's request. They did give them more money to shoot a lot of that end stuff, which, you know, certainly made it uh, epic. This is not, I'll get into it when we get into our rankings. This is not like where I would have gone with it. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, as a kid, when I saw Hellraiser 3, I didn't hate it by any means. Yeah, there's a lot of fun shit uh, to look at. There's yeah. a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. It's totally different and it, it is taking it into a more slasher you know territory uh this is 92 again uh, horrors it it's in terms of volume again i know there's examples of great horror films being made at the time but horror was on a big downturn at that point uh so say what you will about hellraiser 3 it still ended up being a huge success uh, you know, at a, at a time where it was just hard to get a fucking horror m- movie made, period. Um, this was distributed um, by Paramount, which helped it quite a bit. It wasn't yeah. just Dimension Films. Abs- yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I get it. I I, I get it. At, at this point, we're, <laughs> we're entering a very uh, different era. And I'll just leave it at that. But I think maybe you guys have a little bit more to say, and I'll circle back on my rankings. Well, um, back in the day, I used to love this one. On this rewatch, it kind of dipped down a little bit for me because I do agree in certain aspects of the story and the way it's way more campy. You know, I kind of like my Hellraiser to be a little bit more serious and less goofy. Mm -hmm. But for for what it is, I mean, you get some amazing shots in this movie, the shots with Pinhead in the church and, you know, him giving the uh, priest, you know, his uh, sacrament and everything. It's fucking awesome. And uh, yeah, the also the nightclub scene where Pinhead just goes on a total massacre and destroys a whole, 
you know, night pop and nightclub with, uh, and you see people getting hooks rip, ripped, people getting ripped apart. Uh, I also like the totem scene in this movie too, where you know, you Pillar have, of Souls, I think it's yeah, called, right? Pillar of Souls, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just I love Pinhead. You know, having this guy sacrifice people to him so he can regain his power and everything and uh it's a fun movie it's not one of my favorites and like i said it's a lot more campy and i, I do agree a little bit more slasher slasher-esque with the campiness but i like the characters like that uh i forgot what her name is Terry. but the girl uh no the girl that ends up becoming the cenobite uh with the, the the girl that's always smoking cigarettes, Paula Marshall, T- Terry. Terry. Oh, it yeah. is it Terry. Yeah, yeah I love Terry. her character. Yeah, yeah, I love her character and this the storyline with her boyfriend and just how she's kind of like this lost person. And it seemed like you know this would make sense for somebody that would end up turning into a Cenobite. And it was just really cool to watch that all come together. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoy this one. I get you know some of the uh, criticisms for it, but it's still a solid watch for me. And as a kid, I it was one of my favorites. <laughs> It's also the first true Doug Bradley Hellraiser movie. I mean, he is the star of this film. Yeah, so. his dialogue is great. And he's way more, I guess the thing I would say about his character is he's way more animated in this one. Like, he's more reserved in the first two films. And then in this, you know, he he's almost taunting the priest while he's in his church and doing, like, stuff that just adds more depth to the pinhead character and more life into him. little injecting, yeah, some Freddy for sure. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. And also, uh, Lawrence uh, Cuppin plays the derelict here, a recurring character all the way throughout uh, Hellraiser. He was uh, New World, uh, one of the New World uh, owners who bought New World in 1983 from uh, Corman. So, yeah, little trivia there. Um, I don't, I, I don't hate this movie. Uh, you know, you've said that like three times, and you keep because I'm trying back. to convince myself that I don't hate you. Do though, Dad. So, why don't you let <laughs> plugs? If you hate it, you hate it. My member berries are strong with this one. Uh, it, it's it's a rocking fucking soundtrack. We have fucking Motorhead, the yeah. Pillar of Souls. That thing's awesome. I want one that spins. Like, if we can make it like make it like a fan, that'd be even better. Uh, and it's got fucking Pinhead delivering these awesome fucking evil ass lines. Yeah, it is. And it's just gory, and we have fucking hot '90s goth girls and dance club scenes. Oh, yeah, and I, Teen Terry. Yeah, it's <laughs> for life. Yeah, I I still love this one. I think it's a fucking great time. And then I I do think the fact that I believe that this was my first time seeing the uh, Cenobites in action, Pinhead in particular. I think it 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 holds a, it just makes it that much cooler to me. I think love it or hate it, Dan. This is a good gateway film to get people even to pay attention to it because it has enough of pinhead. It has enough stuff going on. I, I the first two Palatable, are more of a, right? Yeah. Thank you. Cause the first two are more, you know, you, you have to think about their, you know, meaningful films. This mm. is a popcorn film. This yeah. is like a, you know, slasher. It, it did what a studio is going to do. And you know what? They did the exact universe did the same thing to Chucky, but no one complains about it. And it's kind of like the same thing. The studio got a hold of it, and now we have a bigger, more s- scope of a movie. And Killer Doll, Order of the Gash, though a little more. That's now he's comparing. Dan, you, 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 you <laughs> points, points. It's easier to segue into, you know, comedy. You know, 
if you're talking, you know, Bride of Chucky. And I'm no, no, you, you, you're completely lost what I'm saying. Um, the original Child's Play is a small movie. Child's Play 2, 3, and Beyond are a studio film taking that small idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. That's that's what I'm saying. We're the same thing, except in this case, we have Hellraiser 2, then 3 and Beyond. I was going to say, we uh, I, I misunderstood you. I was like, Hellraiser. Duh. We didn't get, like, the seed of Chucky Hellraiser. No, no. It's, Yet. Well, pray to God, we do. Well, I, I don't. Uh, there's one of them that I could argue. <laughs> um, <It's> and, worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, uh, little yeah not that wacky um I, I do like yeah i i say this is my favorite film doesn't mean i think it's the best film because there's a difference yeah there's a big difference i will say also r.i.p this was supreme's film of the the franchise i did not know that yeah we we, we bonded on that many times because he was like the only other one that loved three. Yeah, we oh, never yeah. moved past Star Wars for me. <laughs> <laughs> he never gave you like a full ranking or anything. I know it's impossible to remember. No, I, okay. yeah. I was going to say it'd be cool to read his ranking, but I, I only know that. And uh, two is JD Horrors, if my memory serves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or actually, no, his favorite now, it just changed. His favorite now is Blood, uh, Bloodline, I believe. Okay. Four. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, one of my big issues too is like, the Cenobites aren't really out to kill you. They're there to give you experiences. I, 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 this is definitely Those jumping. Those pseudo Cenobites. We don't know what they want. Yeah, well, pin you know, Pinhead too, but and there's no I mean, more dated Cenobite. There's no more dated Cenobite than the fucking CD. <laughs> Dude, CD is hilarious. So. I love it, but it's Me just too. funny now because it's like. What what is it fucking? What about compact that? disc? Dude, that fucker <laughs> that was a... the that fucker was the easiest NECA figure to find. <laughs> like, he was always the one that I would always see at the store. I, I have to ask him. Do, does he have shooting CD action? That's all I need to know. I don't think so. But wasted opportunity. First, no rocket firing Boba Fett, and then no CD firing. I, I mean, it was NECA. That. They didn't have action fucking things. But <sighs> so. Um, yeah, help, but I, I think a lot of people still like this. Is the first three are probably their favorites, uh, at least from like the rankings I've seen. Yeah, um, no, there's no doubting that whatsoever. Um, and one one thing about Hellraiser three, it was originally going to be set in ancient Egypt with the that great joke. With the Great Pyramid being the first lament configuration to raise the Great Pharaoh, and uh, it wouldn't have had Pinhead, so that was the the initial concept. I I would have been you know curious to see what they did because you know at the end of two, it's arguable, I guess, I suppose whether uh, Cenobites can actually die, die but uh, it's pretty dead. <laughs> yeah, Chanard did a pretty thorough job of. Uh, Fucking, fucking all of them. <laughs> he might I'd still well like to see that uh, that uh, Egyptian idea. I think that still should be on the table. Yeah. Well, when yeah. we get down to the future of the franchise, I'm going to bring up, remember John's idea? John Evernall's? <laughs> that shit was crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, so, moving on to our last theatrical Hellraiser. Uh, what could 90- have been the Alan Smithy uh, classic from 1996 Hellraiser Bloodline. So before we get into this one, because this is this one uh, was such a uh, 
a mess in terms of the production itself. And we'll, we'll see where everybody falls on the movie. But uh, I, I want to put over a great original screenplay by Pete Atkins uh, that sadly Miramax didn't give them the money to execute. You can now get a beautiful new hardcover or paperback, if you choose, of uh, Hellraiser Bloodline and Pete Atkins' original uh, script. Uh, shout out to uh, Piz, and he had Pete Atkins on a bloodstream a while back, and uh, I know they, they talk a little bit about that if uh, memory uh, serves. And um, yeah, so this one is... What could have been? I, I guess that's how I would kind of cap off my thoughts with this. There was just so much interference. And at the beginning, we had... They needed uh, shoots, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck him on this one. Uh, initially, Stuart Gordon and Guillermo del Toro uh, had... Guillermo, I think, turned it down just outright. It was early on, dude. Early um, on. Yeah. Stuart, Stuart Gordon was uh, connected at one point and dropped out. I've I always have, put. I would have died. Right? <laughs> that would have been so badass. I I always put over Stuart Gordon, and a lot of the films Edmund stuck. Uh, he made some of his King best. Of the oh my god, Edmund! Uh, throw in some fucking Cenobites in there, Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, there you go. Absolutely, I, I would have loved to have seen what what he might have done. William and H Macy's second best role, and his first one he never got to film. There, there's a yeah. Oh god. Um, there's a lot of chaos on this one. Uh, Joe Chappelle, who of course did uh, directed Halloween Six, uh, he initially passed on this one because he just had a miserable time on Halloween Six. Uh, but he did an, an eventually come on board to replace uh, Kevin Yeager or Alan Smithy. Uh, there's just so much interference with this, and between that and the not committing with the budget. Uh, producers wanting uh, more just, pinhead and everything just conflicting, and they wanted uh, it to start in space. All sorts of crazy shit. I mean, there's you cannot, you have to consider Bloodline ambitious for sure. I mean, it takes place in 1796, 1996, and 2127. That's uh, it, it's, it's not an easy thing to pull off, and uh, from a studio perspective, that's like three movies. Yeah, and a lot of fucking money, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, uh, too much payoff money. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, uh, just what what could have been? And I really hope everybody reads uh, Pete Atkins' original. Uh, I don't think if you love Bloodline, more power to you. But I don't think anybody would read that and say it wouldn't have been a better movie. And made more sense because Angel Angelique and uh, uh, Pinhead. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't quite make sense, you know, with Angelique being on Earth for so long, and uh, some of the the character stuff that's only really hinted at. Like you can tell they have this relationship. It's not really explored in Bloodline. Every time I go back and watch it, uh, you know, we don't really get a lot of those two, and that would have been some of the more compelling. Uh, material that they could have given us because as I'll get into later, Pinhead had a lover 
and the comic books uh in one one version of the comic books and i don't know it teases us with all this cool shit and we don't really get any of it if Stuart gordon i mean Stuart gordon was just coming off fortress for dimension and if they had just given the fucking genius creative control you would have had probably a pretty fantastic hellraiser movie but uh well this is when there was the hands-on producer and also like halloween six there is an alternate cut which is better it's not the script cut but it it makes it make a lot more sense mm-hmm. it's far yeah. superior yeah, than yeah. what we got because i uh i actually liked bloodline until i saw the other version or I read the the script. I was like, "Oh fuck, this could have been way cooler." Oh, and also, Team Hit Pinhead, fuck Angelique if she wants to fucking start shit. <laughs> like, I'll back my boy. <laughs> fuck that hoe. Um, I, I I used to like this movie. I'll just put it that way. I still like like it. But when I learned this other stuff, it's like th- this is this is a bad call. However, don't be a difficult director. Maybe Harvey would have been all right. <laughs> or one of the mind scenes. Would we all agree in terms of horror icons going to space? You know, Jason, Leprechaun. This is the worst. I don't know. I kind of like them all. Yeah, but he's like, we're, if we're grading, I guess. But they're in good because, company. Because uh, I mean, it's not. It doesn't take like it doesn't take a large portion in space, though. It's kind of like you know, in different yeah, areas. Yeah, that's another thing. When I watch it, I'm like. Yeah, I always remember it like having a lot more space in it, and, it, and it's kind of towards the end. It was really a big selling point in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that there was in the commercial was was space. Yeah, and a lot of the space footage now, like yeah. Oh geez, CG. <laughs> I'm no, sure Kruger was fucking throwing shit. At it's me. pretty rough, but you know, I actually do like this one uh, just because it was one of the first sequels I had seen when I started the venture into them. Because I, I, I had seen the first two Hellraisers, but or the first three, but I hadn't watched any of the other sequels until later on in life. And this was, you know, the one I picked up, and I, I had a good time with it just because the Angelique character. I love the way the Cenobites looked. The, the whole thing with the twins is like one of the most painful scenes I think we got in any Hellraiser movie, period. I mean, the way they're conjoined by that, you know, that uh, machine is just fucking brutal as hell. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I still enjoy it. I did watch the different cut this time, and I, I I do think it's superior, but I still like the original as well. We at least get some continuity with the, the ending of 3 as far as like the puzzle box yeah. building and everything. So, I mean, at least we get you know something um but man there's just so much i know like uh several of the the crew members dropped out the original cinematographer being replaced uh, and uh kevin yeager the only effect he did was the chatterer beast uh yeah. that was that was the only uh you know effects work that he he really did but we we do get some some good effects i'll i'll give the movie that yeah, but mean- that no backstory on Pinhead and Angelique. I mean, she was on Earth from sometime in the 1700s to Marquise de Sade. 1996. And Elliot Spencer didn't go to hell until the 1910s. Uh, so, like, a lot of that just didn't really make a whole lot of sense there. I mean, I guess Pinhead's spirit, Elliot, all that, you can kind of try and make sense of it. I just, 
it doesn't connect, and that annoys me. One thing I will say about this, and look, it's a mess, but Valentina Vargas, I mean, God fucking damn, is that probably one of the most beautiful women to ever walk the face of the earth. Beauty is subjective. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it is, I don't think anybody, you, you, you're blind if you don't think that Valentina Vargas. Beauty is subjective. <laughs> oh, God. She's gorgeous. Oh, you know, another horror movie, by the way, she was in was the uh, it's a French kind of horror comedy, Bloody Mallory from like. Oh, oh yeah. That, OK. Yeah. If you well, want to see her in something else horror related. Speaking of something else, we do have a horror icon up in this that you have not mentioned once. What didn't I mention? Kim Myers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. OK. From well, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. There you go. You also, an know. early role from Adam Scott. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's funny. We get some big stars, uh, future big stars, even going later into Hellraiser. One in particular, one of the even some, big stars now. Uh, even some commercial pitchmen too pop up too. <laughs> um, so former detective. <laughs> yeah. Now this movie wasn't as big of a disaster as they and firemen make it out to be. Um, you know, it was critically panned, and it certainly was the end of the theatrical era. Still is. I mean, it's the last theatrically released Hellraiser film, and I, depending what goes on with Hulu, it sadly might be the last. So. I have a question, Dan. Go for it. I've been holding off my my argument on the new film. Would you like me to present it now or in the rankings? Let's do it in the rankings. Okay. Yeah, let's not jump ahead yet because I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to hear what you say. Then I will go last to this movie. So, anything else on Bloodline? I mean, again, I'm sure we'll be circling. If you can, if you can seek out the director's cut, I know there's a a a, a version on YouTube which has like some Sims style animation added in to fill out the script. Um, but um, yeah, that's probably the only way to see it. uh, The director's cut with a little bit extra, so. And I am going to just say the way that Pinhead goes out is so lame. And that stupid look he has on his face with the holly, it bothers me so fucking much. Um, ah. But hey, probably one of the more, in fact, in several, uh, I know songs uh, sample it, you know, pain has a face, allow me to show it to you. I am pain. All, all that. There, there is. You know that was like in our opening for like ever too, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. That's what I said. Like, I am pain. <laughs> Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? Again, I'm not going to deny as a kid that I wasn't quoting the shit out of this, but it's metal as fuck, right? Yeah. I'm so many my next tattoo. <laughs> so many. Right above my six six six. There we go. So many <laughs> characters that just aren't explored. But I have no issue with the concept of it going to space. Like, I think it had it have been done right, that would have been really cool. So, yeah. all right, end of the it theatrical still would have been era. <laughs> Are we want to jump into the rankings now since we're through the theatrical? And uh, yeah. we will Unless be talking it... about the other films, but yeah. we'll just do it as we go along. <clears throat> all right, Who, who's I, I, I'm gonna go go last. All right, so let's just go. All right, Kruger, go for it, Kruger. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, the first, like, it, it's really hard for me to pick the, my favorite because, like I said, I watch one and two together. Like, Are we going top to bottom or bottom to top? Top to bottom. Yeah, right. top to bottom. Cool. 
Um, but yeah, my favorite is the original for sure, just because I rem- it it changed the way I looked at horror uh, when I first saw it, and it probably had something to do with my love of uh, uh, just practical effects. Uh, so first Hellraiser is number one for me. Cool. Uh, for me, for number one, I went with Hellraiser Hell Two Hellbound. I that's the one I go to the most. Like I, we wouldn't get there if we didn't have the first Hellraiser. But like, if I'm gonna just watch one, it's gonna be two. Todd or Dan? Uh, for me, it is the original. Um, I, although I agree, Hellbound Hellraiser Two may be the greatest horror sequel ever made. It is uh, well, Bride of Frankenstein, perhaps, but mm. uh, but Hellbound Hellraiser Two is as far as like the uh, you know the the modern era. If we count that as the modern era, still, uh, my God, I, I, they bleed together. But I still have to say, Hellraiser, the original nineteen eighty seven film, is my number one. You are muted. muted. While I do agree the first one is the best one, my favorite is still three. Such a fun time. And I see, I agree with Kruger, though. I can only watch one if I watch one and two. Yeah. So that that may be part of why going to three is just an easy one off. Mm-hmm. And it is so quotable. It's got some great lines, great energy, like in hot goth women. So, yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, number two is Hellbound, Hellraiser two. I like I I already sucked it off enough, but uh, Doctor Chenard, especially that character being introduced into the story, uh, makes me love that, and I do agree. It's one of the best sequels ever made. Uh, for me, my second place is Hellraiser, the OG. It's only second place because I couldn't put both of them at the top. Yeah, it's it, that movie. Don't miss. It's fucking incredible. Uh, for me. I already said what I needed to say about it. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Uh, mine is the original, the first one. All right. So number three, um, mine is Hellraiser Inferno. Uh, you know, I hadn't seen that movie uh, ever until like probably I was like in high school. And I was on a kick of Law & Order SVU at yeah. the time. And the it, it, the story kind of plays out like a weird Law and Order SVU episode, and I, I just I love it. Uh, the main character of this you know crooked cop, and just you're you're following around that first. You think he's you know a decent human being, but then he just gets worse and worse and worse throughout the movie. And the way that's tied in with you know these almost serial killer like uh, Cenobite murders, uh, just love it. Uh, the twins, the weird half person chatterer thing and the ending when pinhead you know realizes or shows him that you know it's been him the whole time committing the murders and that scene where he uh his normal self gets ripped apart by the fucking chains and then you just see you know the sinister version of him walking out of that room after his kid his wife and kid got murdered uh just it's one of my favorite endings of all the hellraisers and uh i've always loved it so hellraiser inferno is my number three all right, my number three is Hell on Earth for all the reasons stated earlier. It's metal as fuck. <laughs> Dan, um, so 
we just did a review of this next film, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna talk a little less about it versus some of the other films, which I'm gonna have a lot more to say about, uh, particularly our direct-to-video era. Uh, but my number three pick is Hellraiser 2022, uh, which I as I pointed out in our review, it didn't have like that iconic music, the Christopher Young. Can I do it now? Music. Not yet, Todd. Shut the fuck up. Let me finish. God damn it. Uh, so this is not a perfect film. Now, obviously, we have big highs um, going into these movies. And I'm not going to say it's perfect. Uh, Odessa Azian's uh, Israeli is is not as certainly not as relatable or likable as Kirsty Cotton. The cat, you know, some of the characters in general, very flawed. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. Like that's hey, Thirteen Ghosts is a great looking. Uh, I understand film. that, but I'm not trying to watch so, Thirteen Ghosts when I want to watch Hellraiser. Oh fuck you, Todd! I had no issues with that whatsoever. I thought that was I good. did. It all worked. Well, we'll get oh. into it. But uh, as far as like moving forward, say what you will about the other movies, and I will have some very good things to say about some of the other movies. But uh, it Hellraiser certainly became uh, directionless. For the longest time, I feel this is a great film to sort of get it back on track. Jamie uh, Clayton is the hell priest or priest or whatever you want to call her uh, is amazing. Um, Some people I'm surprised how many people I know already that might actually prefer her over Doug Bradley. I'm not saying I do. They're crazy. Uh, She's a a worthy uh, successor. I'll give you the hat. I think all of the uh, Cenobites that they had in here, uh, the Gasp, uh, the Asphyx, uh, I think everybody just looks fantastic. It's a different vision. I get some people don't like it without the leather, but if we're being That's real, really the leather doesn't make as much sense. I it doesn't, and I've never argued on that one, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. I like the fact that we're talking about these uh, fucking people from beyond the grave, and it doesn't make sense that they're wearing leather. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Stupid I'm, argument. I'm not yeah. shitting on anything. They all look great. Can I, can I, and they look great in their own right here. Uh, so, yeah, that's my thing. Like, I think they can... Whatever they have coming next, I hope it's Jamie Clayton. Um you know, I wouldn't mind seeing David Bruckner back, but I, I hope they continue from this. I hope this isn't a judgment situation where we're setting up a lot of stuff and then we're never going to get it. I don't really want Riley back. I, I think, you know, take what take. Hey, go ahead and OD somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And get, I mean, if you want like, an opening scene kind of deal, what sure, whatever, but uh, so you don't like the lead. Yeah. So what's the point continuing? I didn't say I hated the lead. She is, Get a rid very of her. Good actress. I don't think she cast. She's not a Kirsty Cotton though. Like I don't want to follow her into future movies. Um, she fucks up too much to want to, you know, root for her all the time. Yeah, she definitely fucks up. So that's my number three. I think overall they did a fantastic job, and uh, yeah, call it the Thirteen Ghost Hellraiser. That's not even the insult. That's what it is, though, which is funny. Okay, now. May I tell you what I finally figured out? Spout your bullshit. Oh, no, it's not bullshit. I want you to argue your way out of this. I think Pugs knows what it is is now. I don't remember. Okay. Changing the lore? I don't have an issue with that. No, no, no. It's okay. And you brought it up so perfectly when talking about the original. And this is why I think it's just content 
produced by Hulu Disney. Oh, Where's the sexuality? It's fucking not there. What's the fucking point of it not being there in a Hellraiser movie? It's Completely not a lot of that gone. in Hellraiser, period. It's kind of always been. I mean, we got some fucking. That's yeah. not what I'm talking about. Well, there, actually, there we do have sex- one that's a little more kinky that will, I don't know where it'll rank for people, but. No, he's yeah. talking about the 2022 I, one. Yeah. The, I, it's I don't lacking disagree. The, it's don't lacking disagree. the sexuality. And that's to me, what can't make it a good Hellraiser film. I don't disagree. It's, I think. Uh, I, and I said, there was no way you could argue out of that. We need some more fucking in Hellraiser. I, I don't disagree. I, that's not what I'm talking about when I say sexuality, Dan, but. Well, he's talking about like tension and like the incest probably like there's there's just always this awkwardness in those original movies and i agree yeah. with todd those happen not to be here yeah that's, more taboo but especially with frank and kirsty yeah. yeah and, and <laughs> then that's where it becomes content to me and that remember that was the first thing i said when i did that review mm-hmm. it's the definition of content and i could never put my finger on it and it clicked days later and i've been saving it in for this well I'm a, i i think this is a lot better than your typical netflix it's shit. not as good as Book of Blood. I disagree. Uh, Those are, opinions, oh, wait, are, are we can. talking <laughs> books of blood or yes, book of blood? The books Hulu, the, book of the blood. last Hulu, Hulu. Yeah. yeah. No, I I'd say better than that. I yeah. can't go that far. No, I would say better, but yeah. all right. You'd say which one? Uh, no, I would say uh, Hellraiser is a little bit okay. better. But I, I love Books of Blood. But So that's my number three, just to recap. Okay, uh, yeah. So there's my argument. You couldn't argue way out of it. I feel No, I don't. More, yeah, more of that in Hellraiser in general. It's a, and that's uh, probably why I had issues, I think, that is. I'm with Kruger. My third one is five. It's so good for the reasons already mentioned. Um, it was a close one, though, on my next one. But, yeah, five, it's it's so good. It was. Um, for a movie that didn't start out as a Hellraiser, it's a pretty fucking good Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing I love about it is that, like, we get these just awesome, ominous, like, shots of when the Cenobites are coming into play and the way it's tied up into this crooked cop angle. Like, I always just like following around a piece of shit, and you just, you slowly see, and it, the whole ending makes sense, too. So, on that second watch, and you know, like, how it's going to come to fruition that he's doing the murders the whole time, it just makes more sense his decisions throughout the story it, i was just waiting for nicholas Turo to be like let's go cruising i want him to go kill some <laughs> yeah, I, I will <laughs> say to, to your guys point of it not being a pre-existing hellraiser script there is some debate on that and i can't remember which way it goes doug bradley claims that it wasn't uh initially a hellraiser script but scott derrickson i believe uh fact check me in the comments if i'm I'm wrong on this but i do believe it's, it's out there that scott derrickson said it was now inferno has the least pinhead of anything pinhead is not an inferno almost at all the thing like the, in it yeah that. but the but the scene that he's in dude it's fucking epic Oh, like sure. his, his dialogue to the, the, the main character and just that that, that scene and then all the hooks oh that ending like that that's probably my favorite ending, I think, in any Hellraiser. I think I know I said that before, but I can't put it over it enough. It gives me chills up my spine every time I see it. Also cool seeing, you know, um, uh, 
Night Night breed uh, alumni. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's also like the thing I love about it is you you get that little connection between the Clive Barker stories. I actually didn't realize it was uh, his his name in Nightbreed Craig, Boone, I believe. Craig. Right? Oh yeah, Craig Schaefer's the yeah. actor, but yeah, Boone. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it was Boone until this rewatch, and I actually watched that bitch twice. That's how much I love that <laughs> fucking movie. Yeah. Um, well, not to to tip my hat, but did you do your number three yet, Todd? Uh, yes, I was also Inferno. Inferno. Okay. Uh, not to tip my hat, but I'll have a lot more to say about Inferno. Okay. <laughs> number four. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so number four for me would be Hellraiser 2022. Uh, I... Like I had, it has its issues, uh, but I had a great time with it. <laughs> and after re- watching it a couple more times, uh, I just the the scenes with the Cenobites, you know, mangling these people and the way the Cenobites look, uh, they're some of my favorite designs throughout the whole series. And uh, I thought they did a great job. And I, I just I hope we get more because I want the the Hellbound to this Hellraiser for sure. Especially with that fucking ending, one another one of the best endings I think to any Hellraiser with because I thought we were not going to get that shot of uh, what's his name, Voight. Uh, what? Voight, yeah, Voight. no Voight, yeah. I, I didn't think we we're going to get that shot of him being transformed into a Cenobite, and goddamn, was it fucking glorious! Almost as glorious as Doctor Chenard's transformation. So, uh, hope we get him in the second one playing that Chenard character. Too. That would be great. It was great. Hard to top Chenard, though. My God. Yeah. Let him yeah. try, though. <laughs> if you get yeah. even close, it's good. If you're um, yeah, halfway there, that's great. For me, number four is Hellraiser Judgment. I love this dirty little fucking yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's a three pointer at the buzzard. I think they, with what they all had fucking going against it. The last movie coming out, Revelations, just the the everyone was dead. Like we don't want this piece of shit. It's gonna suck. And Judgment was a nice breath of fucking fresh air. We have the auditor who's fucking incredible. Like I just like it. Looks so fucking dirty and filthy. I like this hell. So yeah. that that's that's my number four. Yeah, definitely is the grossest Hellraiser. Yeah. One that should have carried on, but fortunately, some people. Got locked up and this and that. <laughs> the only way to get the rights out of the Weinstein's hands was for him to go to prison. Otherwise, we would still have shitty Hellraiser sequel. Well, actually, we had some good ones now. Children of the Cord. Oh, they would not let those rights go. They were going and going. Halloween. They didn't give a shit. As long as they made a movie, they kept those rights. Children of the Cord in space. Never quite got that one. Uh, we didn't get that, did we? No. Children of the Corn in Space. We no, should, I was gonna say, I was like, I, I, well, I only like one of those movies. That's a well, what's that movie up. with fucking Matt Damon where he goes to space and he grows corn instead of potatoes? It's the it, Martian. It's they're Martian. It can happen, man. <laughs> I, I would have marked the fuck out if it turned into like Is that fucking Malachi on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> it's Matt Damon hallucinating. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know how right. Matt I, I, got it. Harvey, we kind of went down a wormhole. Uh, yeah, you pick. Four, all right, my number four. All right, sweet. Uh, so my number four is Hellraiser Inferno. And, you know, it was kind of close uh, to uh, 2022, but uh, that one just edged it out. Uh, I love the neo-noir vibe that yeah. this has. Uh, it's just a really great film. You can see why Scott Derrickson went on to – so much uh, 
uh, well-deserved fame uh, in this one. Um, it again, it Hellraiser wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be with three and four. So this kind of brings it back. I mean, I know a lot of people like, well, is it really a Hellraiser film? Well, at this point, what is a Hellraiser film after, you know, it, 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 Pinhead supposedly is dead. Uh, you know, this is doing its, its its own thing. And I love that. It's often been described as kind of like Hellraiser meets a, meets a David Lynch film. Um, I, I love it from beginning to end. What a great cast, too. Craig Schaefer, James Reamer, Carmen Argenziano, Nicholas Turturro. Um and uh, Pinhead does have one of my favorite. We'll get into our, our favorite quote, but uh, your flesh is killing your spirit. I think that's such a great yeah. line. Um, this movie's just weird. And and again, that cowboy casino uh, club, The Crossing, I believe it was called. Uh, that was just so cool. It was bizarre. I'd like to see uh, some sort of... Some sort of like, I, I don't know, some sort of like short film on uh, Mr. Parmaggi, the owner. I thought that whole that whole bit was just so weird. The Ninja Cowboys <laughs> on paper. This might sound stupid if you never saw Hellraiser Inferno, but it really it really just works. It just vibes. It's really trippy uh, film that I think is great. I mean, in terms of like direct to video uh, horror films, uh, franchise horror films, of that era, I think Hellraiser Inferno's head and shoulders above pretty much everything. I mean, Candyman and, three, uh, the Wishmaster sequels, uh, you know, head and shoulders. I think definitely they all did this, a great job. Definitely all the stuff the Weinsies were putting out with all their Dracula mm-hmm. sequels, everything, everything was getting a sequel from them. Yeah, yeah. Um, top of top of, I can't think of one other that that beats it from that era of mm-hmm. Dimension straight to video stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was very happy with this when I saw it. And, it was uh, a surprise. Yeah. Gary Tunnicliffe, uh, who we'll be talking about a lot more, taking a cut in pay to kind of get more money into the effects. I, I think, uh, look, it's a smaller, more intimate movie, which is what it needed to be after, I think, three and four. Uh, this is the Hellraiser that, that we kind of needed. It kind of shows you, like, all right, this is what it's like when you are in hell. And of course, this is we're doing spoilers here, so not to give away uh, Craig Schaefer's fate, but why would you yeah. be listening to a Hellraiser franchise show if you haven't watched the movies? Uh, so this is a very strong four to me. Uh, this is not in any way... Uh, I think Inferno, say what you will about what came after Inferno, but it brought it back to yeah. where I think it kind of needed to be while, while being its, its own thing. And I don't know, maybe someday we'll get definitive word on whether this was initially supposed to be a Hellraiser or not. But that is uh, my number four. Well, we definitely know some of the other sequels did start out as other life. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Um, mine is, it's it's not a cheat, but it's kind of a cheat because it's a tie, but let me finish. Four. But I'm going to count both of them because they would actually be next to each other. I'm four director's cut, then four theatrical cut. Oh. So, like I said, it's kind of a cheat. It's, but still, it's still Bloodline. <laughs> yeah. That's, you can just that's say Bloodline. Well, I, I do want to I, I need it clear that the director's cut is the suspe- sus- superior version. 
Gotcha. But four is a piece of a fucking mess. It is. It's still. I still have fun with it. It's. It. It makes it a different, dumber movie. Yeah, but <laughs> I like dumb. We know this. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So fifth one, Kruger. What do you got? Uh, my number uh, five is Hellraiser three. Uh, just you know, like I said before, even though it's campy as fuck, I I love some of the one liners. The goofy Cenobites and the church scene and the uh, nightclub scene alone is some of my favorite scenes with Pinhead just massacring people. So, uh, yeah, Hellraiser 3 is my number five. Okay. All right. For me, number five is Hellraiser 2022. I I think it's a good updated version, and I'm ready for more. I do want to visit revisit this world, and I hope it goes fucking darker and crazier. So, Mr. Dan? All right, my number five uh, is Hellraiser Judgment. Uh, so, at, at this point, like obviously, we're years and years into the direct-to-video era, and you can argue quality or lack of uh, for some of these films, but this is just as low budget as Revelations at this point. You know, a few hundred thousand, if that. Uh, we're getting uh, Gary uh, Tunnicliffe getting his shot at, at the director's chair at this point. He had pitched this for like five years and finally got Dimension to green light it to keep the rights. Um, this is, uh, you know, once again, he tried to get Doug Bradley back, but I think that non-disclosure contract and just basically getting paid pennies uh, non disclosure contract from the Weinstein company Ex- yeah I, at least he respected <laughs> it unlike these other fucking bitches uh, but I, look I'm gonna say this Paul T. Taylor I thought was great as Pinhead yeah. uh, he, he does you know his own thing with it mimicking Doug Bradley is dumb I'm very glad that well really nobody I mean say what you will about revelations nobody like just tried to be Doug Bradley they all tried to bring their own uh, thing to it and uh, I, I think Paul T. Taylor was great uh, when this ended again you can tell that this is a low budget movie don't don't get me wrong I mean this you can tell they didn't have a whole lot to work with but they made the best of it uh, yeah. Gary Tunnicliffe as as the auditor fascinating character this is doing different things again this I mean this is kind of a, a to a degree a pinhead movie but it it doesn't have to be. We're introducing new characters that we can Fucking brand hell out. Hell politics, it rules. <laughs> hell, yeah, hell politics. I think that's great. I would have loved to have seen uh, what he might have done with this with a budget. We're also introducing Heaven, which is something that they kind of never really did before. But, you know, kind of makes sense if you're, you know, you're having a hell. Um, and I, I think that whole like political thing back and forth I, I think was really compelling i think all the performances were good judgment is a cheap film but i do think it's actually a pretty good film and there's some uh pretty disgusting shit in here as well uh john Gorder yeah. eating the the sins and and everything uh the tears that's of probably children. the grossest point that's hard mason yeah, berger yeah. shout out yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll never get any follow up to this, which is a sh- which is a shame. Uh, but 
we can pick up the auditor and put him into the next Hellraiser, uh, the new one, I'm down. <laughs> I, I like the setting of it, too. Like, that shit is, like, it, it being in this rundown, almost crack house setting, uh, it's just really, really cool. Todd, what is your number five? Uh, are we on five, right? We are. Okay. My, my number five is number two, Hellbound. Oh, okay. Fuck you, Todd. How is how is that a fuck you, Todd? I, I have an actual Hellraiser movie in my, putting in my top bloodline line. over Hellbound. Oh, I'm probably gonna get shit on later. Don't even worry about it. Well, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm still holding it against them, putting the goddamn surgery image on the front of the fucking VHS tape and not delivering on it. Five. Right. <laughs> fuck you, Todd. All right. All right, number six. Uh, number six, number six and five were interchangeable, but uh, Hellraiser Judgment is my number six. Like I've already put over. I love the effects, uh, the auditor. Like you guys already put over. He's such a great addition, and uh, yeah, just a gross ass Hellraiser movie. When they're like spitting into that dude's mouth, oh, it makes me gag every single fucking time. Dude, those three dirty bitches with like half their face. I would. Mm-hmm. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> you got it. Uh, for me, number six, Bloodline. Uh, you, I'll add what Todd added. The director's cut. Okay, so um, number six for me, very close to not being my number six. There's a part of me that wanted to put my number seven in this spot, and it's close to be honest. It's but my number. <laughs> My number six is Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Um, I already kind of said what I needed to say about it. It's not, it's unfortunate the direction that they went for me. Um, and, you know, we see where that kind of led them. <laughs> I wish they had kind of. To box office success. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many, how many theatrical films after this? It's definitely a downturn. Can't blame yeah, three because four was next, dude. That's the last one out the gate. <laughs> and Hellraiser one and two were financial successes as well. But yeah, well, Hellraiser yeah, three. I've already talked about it. <laughs> uh, okay, it, it's me. Um, uh, Hellraiser. Not, no, I'm kidding. It is Hellraiser Judgment. Motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Hellraiser Judgment, the 10th one. All right. So number seven is Hellraiser Bloodline. I already said, like, I do like that movie, uh, especially for the twins uh, conjoining scene. One of the coolest moments, I think, uh, out of all the movies. Uh, For me, number seven... And from here on out, all these movies, I really, I, they're not like on my team if I recommend a Hellraiser movie. Uh, I, and also, I didn't like it as much this time as I thought I did because I, I thought I had some member berries for it. It's Hellraiser Hellworld. We have Lance Hendrickson, we have fucking uh, uh, Catherine Winnick, and motherfucking Superman. Like back in the day, wild <laughs> shit. Also, Kari remember- Payton, Ezekiel from. Walking Dead. Fuck that guy. Uh, this though, I'm oh, just kidding. He's alright. Yeah, <laughs> He's Valerian. Um, no, but I remember watching this, and this came out the same time as uh, what was it, Deader? Oh, well, yeah, back to back. I mean, yeah, like but almost, Deader. almost same, like almost the exact same. So I was like, this, this was the better one, and I think that's the reason why I remember liking it more because it's it's not good, but there's some charm to it. And as a as a person that had asthma growing up. I felt that pain. That shit sucked. 
the the one scene but, in Hell Hell World I always put over is the t- the chair torture scene. It really mm-hmm. bothered me when I first saw it, just because like the her screaming and the way it sawed into her neck, shit was nasty. But that's probably like the best scene in the whole movie, at least for me. All right, my number seven, which is uh well 2005's Hellraiser Getter. Um, this one was a so this one was a pre-existing script or spec script as they call it from uh, Neil Marshall Stevens, who uh, it was later altered into a Hellraiser story by Tim Day, uh, who uh, wrote Hellseeker and the fan films Hellraiser Prophecy um, and uh, Hellraiser Debtor Winter's Lament, which I do recommend. It, you know, these kind of blend uh, into the Prophecy franchise. So if you're going down a rabbit hole and visit the Prophecy films, it makes sense. I actually, you know, people want these worlds to meet and Hellraiser and the Prophecy, you know, another easy. Another Miramax property that got yeah. pumped out with sequels. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I know it's probably a franchise show at some point. I won't talk about oh, it too much no. but uh, <laughs> oh i love the first three films oh I, um, you know what i have but, good stories on the first one so i'll i'll uh, uh so yeah and hellraiser dead or winter's lament kind of does uh some more with the the character of winter so this gets my number seven spot because i think it has honestly one of the strongest leads in the entire uh franchise uh with uh carrie were um yeah. a- again People shit on a lot of these films, but I love the debtor cult idea. This is also, as I mentioned before, the kinkiest film in the Hellraiser franchise. There's a lot of bizarre, fucked up shit going on in that train. I think the idea is cool. Not an easy film to make, um, but you know, it still ties in some of the lore. Winter being a descendant of uh, Lamar Chand and... Um, all that. Uh, Amy is just a great character. I love Kari Wurr. I, it obviously elevates this one quite a junkies. bit for me. So, so did uh, Harvey. She was in quite a few movies. No, no. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can see a lot more of her in some other movies. I'm I mean, sure this she was, didn't have to sign a contract. This this was shot in twenty five days, uh, roughly, and. Um, I think they do a pretty good job. I mean, yeah, there's some shoddy uh, effects work here and there, but I think it's moody. And uh, and I I was very close to putting it over three, but, you know, uh, I didn't. <laughs> I, I still like the idea presented in Debtor, though, more so than I did what they did with, like, three and uh, some others. So Debtor is my number seven. All right. Well, my number seven is Hellraiser Hellseeker. Dan will talk more about that one, but yeah, Hellseeker. All right. So we're at number eight now, right? So uh, number eight is actually Hellseeker for me. Um, I do like the, uh, you know, them bringing back Kirsty and the, what's the main actor in this? That plays her fucking husband. Law and Order Allstate guy. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember his fucking name. Mr. Uh, yeah. Mayhem? 
Mr. Mr. Mayor. Mayor. Yeah. I, I, I do. It's, I do. Oh, 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 oh. Dean Winters, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it, it is just kind of cool seeing him in the Hellraiser movie. I don't necessarily like this film, but out of you know, at this point, it's it's over the what we have left. Uh, for me, number eight is also Hellseeker. We have the OG lady coming back and fucking Allstate SVU. Come on. All we need missing was a raccoon in a car accident. Oh, wait. We got the car accident. We did. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing because of that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Dude, the first time I saw that commercial with the raccoon on the window, I I was puking. I was tasting vomit in my mouth. I was laughing so fucking hard. It's so dumb. Uh, uh, Almost like the rest of these movies. <laughs> Dan, what do you got? I agree. All right. Number eight already talked about it. Uh, Hellraiser Bloodline. I'm not a fan of the film. It's a, it's a mess, but what might have been. Speaking of a mess and what could have been, my next one is Hellraiser 2022. Okay. Um, so number nine, I would, at this point, I hate these last few films, but uh, I think Hellraiser Deader is better than the rest of them. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the cold angle, though. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. Every time I watch this one, it always bothers me. And the kills and stuff in this movie are pretty lackluster, too. Uh, so, not a fan, but better than the rest uh, that we have left. All right. Here's, here's where I'm about to get uh, some heat, probably. Hellraiser Inferno is my number nine. I do oh. not like this fucking movie. I it can't. No, like everyone else did, and I've stayed quiet every time. Being a is respectful it, person, is it just because Pinhead's not in it much? No, it's because it it like it came out. It's a seven fucking child. It's a child of seven, and it no, it's nowhere near as good to me. And like it kept reminding me of that, and I'd rather watch seven. Having seven, uh, hell, uh, makes sense. A, a lament uh, configuration in a seven movie is exactly what I want, and that is not what I got here. It was it's I see it trying, but if, for me, it failed. Honestly, like the rest, I fucking hate. Like, I don't like I'm this movie. Shocked. There's some great imagery in here. Yeah, it's I, fine, but it's it's like it doesn't give me what was promised. And for me, it, you promised me seven. No, nah. or well, Fallen, even that too. Like it didn't. Those two movies are far fucking superior than Hellraiser and Predator. Little different too, but Dude, that's the same fucking formula. They just threw I'm in a goddamn sure. some goddamn centibytes. I'm shocked. I'm shocked this one's so low for you, but yeah. Um, so we're on number nine, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to keep track here. All right, so number nine for me is uh, Hellraiser, Hellseeker. Um, you know, we're in the Rick Boda era now, um, and it's just such an underwhelming use of Kirsty Cotton. And, you know, there's some excitement bringing her back. They kind of make her uh, essentially a murderer, which... He uh, started it. <laughs> well, yes, but, I mean, she's also killing, you know, others. Uh, you know, you could have made that work, but I don't think they pull it off here. It's just, if you're going to bring... Go ahead. I was just saying, I don't think it needed to be Christy Cotton to have this movie. I think it should have been not... I mean... It, it would have been better if it wasn't. Yeah, that's because um, you're bringing her back, and there's really nothing in here that's particularly interesting between her and Pinhead. Unless they were going to make her the Hell Priest, um, the new one. Well, that would 
we're kind of getting into a comic book. Um, I know that. That's why I said it. Uh, so, which makes it even like having read the comics and um, although that didn't happen at this point, but anytime I look at Hellseeker, I'm just like, oh, man, you know, you, you dangle that carrot. There's moments in here. That's not uh, horrible. I, I suppose, you know, it, it, it has its, it's moments, not many. Um, but as a fan, I'm just really disappointed that this is probably the last time we'll see uh, Ashley Lawrence on screen as Kirsty Cotton. And I'm it's not a very weak send. She got a payday. She got a payday, and she's quoted she was able to get a new fridge out of it, is basically mm-hmm. what she was getting at this point. Fridges um, ain't cheap. I mean, it's not like she's in it too long. I mean, how many days of shooting did she fucking have? About twice as Danny Trejo on his average film. (laughs) But, yeah, this one, I mean, I can... Some people like it. Now, what's weird about this, at one point, Clive Barker at least said it was like his... uh, One of his favorite, I believe, after uh, two, um, which you can understand why he wouldn't like a lot of the other stuff. But, uh, yeah... You could have made the basic idea work. This just, this just isn't a very good movie. All right, um, we're up to see. I'm, I'm with plugs now. Now it doesn't really matter. Uh, another Rick Boda film. Uh, mine is Hellraiser: Debtor. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at number ten now, and uh, my number ten is Hellraiser: uh, Hellworld. I, I, you know, I I remember liking this one too when I first watched it. And I don't know what it what, I don't think I realized that like Hellraiser was like a part of like this fandom thing. Like the first I didn't didn't remember that. And then watching it this time, I'm like, fuck, this is kind of stupid. Uh, would you would you get Pinhead hopping hawking somebody's head off with a meat cleaver, though, which was weird as fuck. Like I just seeing that was bizarre to me. Uh, but, you know, I I, I think uh, Slasher Home Video said he really, really loves Hellworld. Uh, more power to you. You know, I had some good memories. I brought up the chair torture scene uh, when I first saw it. I, I thought that scene was badass. It, still probably the best scene in the whole movie for me, like I said before. But, uh, yeah, just not a fan of this one, really. And, you know, we're at the second to last now. So it's why it's not the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, number 10 is Debtor. I don't really care about these junkies. I hope they all OD. <laughs> Uh, number 10 for me is hell world. Uh, this movie's fucking stupid. Uh, I know a lot of people like this one as just kind of a dipshitted mid two thousands film. And I, I can kind of get it. I mean, look, we got Lance Henriksen. He always elevates things. Uh, we get Superman getting a blow job at a party. That's, I guess <laughs> okay. funny now for the, um, this is actually based on the, uh, Never say his name right. Joel Sasan short story, uh, Dark Can't Breathe, and was not originally uh, a Hellraiser story at that point. That's what it was based on. And I do recommend if you can track down Dark Can't Breathe, uh, give it a, a read. Um, you know, Catherine Winnick is pretty. Not she, she became a better actress down the line. She is but, a goddess. Uh, she is a goddess. Um, you know... At this point, yeah, it 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 is what it is. I mean, the whole kind of meta approach, they could have done that a, a lot better. Um, like I said, the short story was not based 
on, uh, you know, it wasn't a Hellraiser story, but it, it's also not a um, pre-existing script made into a, a Hellraiser movie like we had, had before. Um, there's a lot of stupid shit, though. I mean, like, how does the how does she call the cop on his personal cell phone? Uh, there's a there's some of it's little, but this movie's dumb as shit. <laughs> it's the one-liners, even at this point, just having fun with it. I know a lot of people that think this movie's fun, but I don't know. Is it really that much fun? I don't think it's when like I remember it, I had a lot more fun with it this time around. It wasn't yeah, as so fun as yeah. So member had, berries. Yeah. Um I've I've heard from some people that rank this like up in like their top three, and I just don't get that. But is this a sweep for Hellworld right now? Is I'm about to do Hellworld too. Think so. No, I, think I had better. Oh, no. oh, okay, okay. So, well, yeah, I'm also Hell World. It's it's funny because I think in ten years I'm gonna like this a little bit better because it is a time time capsule of that era. But I also think right now, Nokia. <laughs> I think right now that hurts it. Um, being so dated, and it hasn't got to the point where that era is kind of cool again. Um. It, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. I, again, maybe in a decade there'll be some that fun you had, you know, fifteen mm. years ago. But as of now, yeah, it's it's not even a it, fun turn. It was also on the shelf while I worked at Blockbuster, so that was oh, kind of fun. Up <laughs> well, yours, We'll do another video store memory <laughs> showdown. Well, um, I think we all have uh, one left <laughs> so uh i'll i'll go first with uh the in last place a movie that i remember being so offended when i first watched it it pissed me off so fucking bad especially with the opening scene uh being this found footage setup uh i they should have just went with that for fuck's sake it would have been so much better um i just i hate this fucking movie i think it's a wretched piece of shit the only thing i can fucking give it is the effects aren't bad, especially uh, from what I heard uh, with the effects guy, like their budget was absolutely fucking nothing. And what they got off or what they, you know, had to work with, I think it's well, is you know, pretty well done. But the pinhead, just the casting on that pinhead, I mean, the makeup doesn't necessarily look terrible. It just, it, it doesn't look right on that guy. And I, he's... I. Stephen Smith Collins. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I, I don't think he brought what I wanted to see, you know, with a new pinhead. You know, that was also the first movie that uh, we didn't have Doug Bradley. So it, obviously he had some huge shoes to fill. I just wish they would have casted somebody a little bit better and it would have made the whole movie more palatable. But I'll give them this the one fleshy pinhead makeup. I do really like that image. Cool idea. And the way that they're making that one guy almost into a new pinhead. Uh, that was really cool. But yeah, I, I hate this movie so much, man. It's probably my least, like out of like the big horror franchises, it's got to be like my least favorite. Yeah, this one, this one really kind of sucks a lot. Uh, I will say two positive things about this. It respects blood in the story because not a lot of these Hellraiser sequels did, but you know, for the resurrection and stuff. So that was cool. And this movie was made in like under nine days on a shoestring budget. Bravo for making a movie like that. However, this sucks. 
I am sorry. I had to watch this. The first time I saw this movie, I'm like, are they fucking for real? Like, I did I? Question. Yeah, I have a question. Did this make you matter than watching Halloween ends? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, really yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but like, Pin is not near and dear to me as Michael, so that's why I'm like, I'm not as infuriated. But I was like, what are they doing to fucking? What are they doing to my guy here? Look what they did to my boy. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking terrible. Uh, yeah, it's it's a stupid story, but yeah, I just fuck this movie. I was mad when I watched it the first time, and I was this time I wasn't as angry. I guess it's been so long because I've only seen it. This is my second time ever. And I hope I never have to fucking see this movie again. But yeah, yeah, I, 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 I hadn't watched it since the first time I saw mm-hmm. it, and I was just like, "Yep, this is fucking why." God damn. And I remember explaining to people, I'm like, oh, "You probably shouldn't do it." And like every time after, yeah, I'm sorry, but they regret watching it. I'm like, oh. I, I remember seeing this piece of shit in every fucking goddamn bar- bargain bin, uh, mm-hmm. like you know, thing in Walmart all the time too. And every time I just wanted to take it and chuck it across the fucking room. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone here saw it like day one, right? We were all excited. There's a new Hellraiser. Yeah. And it's just, oh, you just decided to rape me. That's not fun. I just got my <laughs> brand new Blu-ray. I can't wait to open it and pop it in. And uh, now I need an adult and a therapist. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, so, I, yeah, there's no suspense. I, we yeah. know. But, uh, I thought yeah, we were just shitting on it now at this point. Go my, ahead. my last pick, Revelations as well. To quote Clive Barker on Revelations... It is no child of mine. I have nothing to do with the fucking thing. If they claim it's from the mind of Clyde Barker, it's a lie. It's not even from my butthole. Yeah. That is from Clyde Barker on Revelations. Who um, has it, seen the movie? Uh, well, no, he hasn't seen the movie. I know that. I'm uh, saying. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll be I judgy know. there, Clive. Temptation got him. But yeah, Stephen Smith Collins is pinhead. I, I kind of feel bad to him for him to a degree because number one pinhead was voiced by uh fred uh uh who was the voice of the incredible hulk and megatron and a lot of cartoon uh, stuff well, megatron's so, over with me. <laughs> he, he wasn't even doing the voice um even this one i hear like some people defend i don't get it i mean they try and recreate some iconic scenes from the the original uh film in its own like kind of dipshitted way and i mean you know look this was just thrown together to keep the rights it shows nine days it, man it's the, the only that's that's scream screen uh writing to rap nine days yeah. i mean none of the characters are interesting likable intimidating uh th- this movie's a fucking piece of shit it's actually worse watching it now um, I think it's like 75 minutes and it just it still feels too yeah. long. Oh my um, god. Um fuck this next have, <laughs> your saga sucks. <laughs> they they try and throw, I mean, the, the characters are just so blob, and they try and throw some interesting things. We actually see the derelict kill someone in this, but um there's just nothing here. This one's just offensively bad. Hellraiser, it was depressing because after this, it's like Hellraiser's just dead in the water. Thank um, God for judgment. Like, it was such a nice yeah. bre- breath of fresh air after this fucking piece of garbage. Yeah. It had it, nowhere to go but up for sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it uses that stupid cell phone signal excuse. It just does everything wrong. It's an awful movie. I I, I don't think it's overstated <laughs> at this point. Watching it this Incest second was time, all right. <laughs> uh, 
Nah, nothing. Nothing. It's just ah, come it, on. It's probably, <laughs> I mean, it's an R-rated movie. I don't understand how anybody could really actually want to watch this more than once. Well, friend but, of the show, Christian Hand the Horror, has it as five stars on his letterbox. So what a clown. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Christian because I think that's um I mean it's gotta be a troll mistake but... or not Christian. Great rating. Uh, oh no, it's him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'll ask him about revelations. I don't. I don't think so. Well, uh, obviously, I'm also revelations. This is like, it's weird because they a lot of shitty straight to videos. The same time they did the Children of the Corn one, which I really like, and I don't really like those movies in general. But um, yeah, what the fuck, Harvey? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Must have been a rough month of payouts because there's no budget for this. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I feel so bad for the guys that like worked on the effects though, because like they I think that I can't put that over enough. That's the only reason it's not like a zero out of five for me. It's because they what they did on the budget and with the time constraint they had is pretty amazing. It's just unfortunate that it wasn't for a better movie. But mm -hmm. I mean, given the circumstances, what the fuck are you gonna do? It's also weird that they couldn't just reach out to someone who has a Hellraiser script almost ready to go. Like you, you don't have any fucking fans, any filmmakers. Like it the shouldn't be that is, fucking hard. They'd all be expensive for scripts. I think they needed something cheap and quick. The average yeah. person you have like in-house fucking interns that are willing to fucking just. No, they're busy. Oh, you got all right. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just bad i don't yeah i couldn't even give it a one it's as bad <laughs> as the worst children of the corn or... it's literally the worst thing ever to come out of miramax i'd have to look but i wouldn't necessarily argue with i that mean that look that. yeah i'm, I'm pretty <laughs> well i think um, uh revelations just got like violated by all four of us <laughs> and the shit kicked out see unity yeah, one big old fucking at, bitch. Yeah, at, at least yeah. Uh, we could all agree that uh, fuck this movie. All yes. right, well. so there you go. We were kind of all over the place, but uh, kind of connected the end. Uh, yeah. So uh, those are our rankings, guys. We're gonna move on to favorite, favorite character. Uh, go for it. All right. Well, um, this one was kind of hard for me, uh, but. I have to go with Dr. Chenard, just what he ends up, you know, becoming later on in the movie. Uh, but yeah, he's still super sinister in his own ways. And that how that ties into how powerful he becomes when he transforms into, you know, the new lead Cenobite, basically. Uh, I just I, I love everything about his character. And I was over the moon that they're kind of giving Vought in 2022 the same spirit as him. So, uh, yeah. Dr. Chenard's my favorite. Uh, you can count me in with that because I think Dr. Chenard's fucking awesome. It was be either between him or Frank because, like, Pinhead is awesome, but, like, these bad dudes in this bad move, uh, it, these, if you stand out as a villain amongst fucking Thor of the Gash, yeah. like, come on. And these two do it, but Chenard just takes it to a whole different level. He's a bad motherfucker. Love him. Dan? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I have down. Dr. Chenard. Um, I think after two, it's really a shame that he didn't just become the face of the franchise yeah, at dude. that point. Um, you know, scary as hell, interesting backstory, 
everything amazing design there. too when he's like that i'll never forget when NECA came out with that big set of him with the you know the headpiece where he's floating in the air with the leviathan yeah i'm sure you have it. i used to have um, it too uh i love that fucking the, just to design everything yeah the the character is just amazing kenneth cranham is fantastic what, what might have been i would have rather uh you know, it kind of stick to that original tone, and we just continued with Doctor Chenard. But there we go, my favorite character. Uh, at one point, uh, talking about Doctor Chenard, at one point I had his victory screech as my ring, like my text tone. So every <laughs> time I get a text, you'd hear. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I miss doing your own text tones. Probably less awesome ass. after a while, though. Well, I'm <laughs> the only I one. laugh my ass off every time. So <laughs> I'm the only one who picks someone different. It's Frank. No, it's Julia. She was a bad bitch. Yeah, I kind of wish we got. To, I kind of wish we got to see what would have happened if she would have stuck with the franchise. Um, yeah, that's that's my pick, Julia. She's a bad motherfucker too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Next is favorite kill. All right. Well, I, I mean, it's it's kind of cliche to go with the Jesus web. So I have to go with Dr. Chenard's death in uh, Hellbound. Just the way he gets the top of his head ripped off by the, you know, the Leviathan beast or whatever. That, the you know, diseased penis. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the fuck that thing was that was probing his mouth earlier. Uh, I just I love the shot of him, uh, the top of his head being ripped off. It's just such an awesome way to end that, you know, such a great monster. So uh, that's my favorite kill. But Jesus wept, you know, that's definitely the most iconic. And I, I, I was fighting with myself between those two. Well, I lost that fight because Jesus Wept is my favorite. Dude, it's an improv line, and then he just gets torn the fuck apart. Just like earlier in the movie, Pinhead said, we would tear your soul apart. Your soul apart, yeah. So, uh, fucking hook, line, sinker. Jesus Wept for me. All right, my favorite kill is Julia's Mattress Resurrection. Uh, the lead-up with, of course, Browning cutting himself with the razor. And uh, Julia just emerging from that mattress and the bloody horror show that followed. Uh, there's a lot of iconic scenes in the Hellraiser franchise, but that for me, the crawl afterwards and everything, scary as shit and awesome. Well, awesome. I didn't really like to me that never came to mind as a kill. So I, I wouldn't have even thought of that. No, I know I'm not. I'm just saying I and I went with with also with pugs. I'm Jesus also, yeah, it's hard not to. It's like when I was almost like, well, if I like, if I took this out, what would I pick? And then it kind of falls in my favorite line area, but it's yeah. not. So I, it, it was one of those. It's hard not to. Yeah, I, I no doubt one of the best kills in any horror movie ever, and gory as all fuck. So yeah. uh, I'm glad that they we continued to see people get ripped apart like that too. It kind of paved the way for some of the later sequels with the high points. Um, so now favorite line, favorite line. All right. Well, uh, it's not so much like a line, but you know, Kirsty, <clears throat> she's asking pinhead, you know, who are you? And he goes, explorers in the further regions of experience, demons to some angels to others. That's my favorite line uh, out of the whole franchise. But there is one other line I want to say before we get out of here. So, uh, out of this section. So, uh, what about you pugs? 
Well, I've lifted this line several times for music, and it's, we have such sights to show you. I think that's just fucking hard. It is a, a threat, and it's also very vague. <laughs> so, <laughs> piques my curiosity, and I use it all the time. So, Dan? Uh, so, for me, it's uh, Julia to Kirsty in Hellbound. And it is a little longer. They didn't tell you, did they? They've changed the rules of the fairy tale. Now I'm no longer just the wicked stepmother. Now I'm the evil queen. So come on, Snow White. Or so come on, take your best shot, Snow White. I always like that moment, you know, to so for them to have that face to face. I thought that was really cool and hellbound. And I thought you were gonna pick from from eight. I'd love to see your puzzle box. So I guess I was wrong. Well, no, you can pick it. No, no. I, I thought you were going to pick it, Dan. That's what I said. <laughs> um, it's hard. Cause like, I love, I am the way and the imagery. It, it's like one of my, it's like one of my favorite things in all of Hellraiser, but the line doesn't really have that like punch. It does. It's more about the imagery. Um, so I went with a, a one from one of the sequels. Um, Welcome to the worst nightmare of all reality. Okay. So, and uh, the best line to say after sex is the box you opened it, we came. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite quote. You start high fiving everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now we're on to favorite survivor. Uh, I mean, no doubt my favorite survivor is Kirsty. I mean, uh, when I look back at, you know, some of the final go- girls in horror movies, uh, she's one of the most stunning, one of the most beautiful. And I just, I, I the way her character evolves into the second movie too, uh, that shot where she has to wear Julia's skin to save Tiffany. Uh, that's just one of my favorite scenes when, you know, the skin's pulling off of her and then it reveals her with her bloody face at the end. And she's just smiling. You know that they're safe now. I, I, I love that moment and just love her as a character. So uh, hard not to pick Kirsty as your favorite. She must've learned that in Texas. Uh, I'm going to go with Tiffany. I think she's awesome. She's so sympathetic. We really don't hear her speak uh, like a good girl. So that works. <laughs> Just to be an asshole. Yeah, I like Tiffany Lover. So she's my favorite survivor. Dan? Uh, my favorite, uh, Kirsty. It's not a lot of survivors, really, at the end of the day to choose and, and technically, from, but, if you uh, factor into the other ones, is she a survivor now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some of your favorite characters uh, bit it. Um so uh and she yeah, had a heel Kirstie, turn. Kirsty <laughs> Cotton. I mean, for me, Kirsty Cotton is I put her above uh you know, I put her above Lori Strode, I put her above uh uh you know all the iconic I could put her over a lot, but I can't put her over Nancy. Yeah, and, absolutely but, not. But Christy is my favorite Nancy. and one of the, the best final girls. Well, yeah, survivor. Whatever we're calling them this week. <laughs> yeah. What another proper pronouns? <laughs> All right, favorite centibite. I mean, it's it's hard not to pick Pinhead, so I kind of want to leave him out of the equation. Just and if I'm going by just pure design, uh, I love that he's returns throughout the franchise, and that's Chatterer. Uh, I always love that design. Out of all the centibites, I think he looks the coolest. Uh, also, love the redesign he got in uh, Hellbound with the eyes uh just a, such a sinister almost like demon like super demon looking design that they gave on him and 
yeah, he reoccurs throughout the series. You know, we just got an awesome new one in the uh, 2022 movie too. That I love that they made him like just big hulking figure uh, in that portrayal as well. But yeah, Chatterer is probably my favorite if I'm not including Pinhead in the equation. Right on. Uh, I'm gonna go with my fellow fat ass. Butterball. Hell yeah. Love that motherfucker. He's got these cool dark glasses. He does surgeries. And if I remember correctly, I think he's actually like the Cenobite that was in charge early on in the, the story. But, you know, Pinhead looks fucking awesome. And, you know, I get it. But yeah, fucking uh, Butterball. Love that fat fuck. Uh, pause. Sorry. Gotta, I dropped notes. They're getting mixed up. My bad. I didn't have to do it as much as I thought, but for some reason I thought we already did Cenobite and I fucked up. Just give me a minute here. Where did I put it? Oh, no more franchise shows for a while. This one was. I already got one next month. Well, We're not, I'm not on think, it. <laughs> I don't think any other franchise show is going to have 10 movies, Dan. Oh, hold on. Amityville. You guys do that all the time. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, but that's one movie at a time. I don't understand what I did. Hold on here. (coughs) All right, I got it. My bad. Back to one. All right, where where did how did we? You threw it to him, right, Pugs? Yeah, you threw it to me. All right, we're gonna be quiet, Dan. And what did you say so he knows where to start? No, I don't remember. Right, Dan? Dan? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, probably. All right, give us a second. We'll all be quiet. Dan, go when you're ready. Okay, so my favorite Cenobite uh, so is the female Cenobite, uh, also known as Deep, Deep Throat. Also, yeah, also known as Deep Throat. Uh, her human name was Sister Nicoletta. There's a lot more... Uh, there's a lot more backstory on her in the comic books. Uh, she had a, a sister in the Devil's Brigade comics named uh, Abigor, and uh, she was the high priestess of hell. She was basically a nun with a taste for sex and sin and uh, very interesting. And I think specifically, because, you know, we had two actresses here, but Barbie Wilde from uh, Hellbound, I think just... Not the most elaborate Cenobite by any means, but I think my favorite. And uh, I will talk a little bit uh, in a bit about the comics and some of the other uh, Cenobites that we never really get in the movies. Um, I'm also Deep Throat. Um, Well, I love CD from 3. He's like a novelty. I enjoy him for his stupidity. Unlike Deep Throat, who's just awesome. So, <laughs> I wonder how it would feel. <laughs> All you need I'd like to, to find out. All right. <laughs> Dan. All right. We're going to talk about some... You, you brought it up. Let's talk about some alternate media. Absolutely. So, um, the, the comic books are fantastic i mean you have the early stories but then you have the boom uh studios era where we have uh kirsty cotton becoming uh the hell priest and taking over for pinhead there's such epic stuff in the comic books that 
again, at some point, maybe I'll even do a separate episode on it, but uh, we've never done comic reviews, so it might be fun, but uh, there's a lot to dive into, but you need to read that, that arc. I think it's just amazing and a, a much better use of the Kirsty character than we got in, uh, uh, in Hellseeker for sure. She's dressed in white, um, not black. Yes. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they, maybe they find a way to introduce a, a new Kirsty into the, the new Hellraiser. I could see them potentially doing that. Um, I mean, you could also the, tie, tie it in with uh, her possibly being our new hell priest. Uh, yeah, potentially. It depends what they go off of. Um, I mean, I would have loved to have seen them take the direction that those comic books did. Not cheap, unfortunately. So in the comics, uh, there's many Cenobites that we don't get in the movies. Uh, one of them is Merkova, uh, who uh, is Pinhead's lover. And uh, there's a pretty iconic bit in the comic books where she actually dies in Pinhead's arms. Um, really compelling. Different. Cenobite kind of had like horse legs. And this is not the Boom uh, Studios portion, but uh, really good. The whole Harrower's storyline is really interesting. Like I said, I'll delve into that uh, even more so uh, if we ever do a, a comic book show. Um there is also uh, the uh, Gash of Alistar, uh, Alistor, uh, who were rogue Cenobites at war with the Nightbreed. And that was part of the uh, Hellraiser Nightbreed Jihad series, which is really, really good stuff. Hellraiser is just awesome in the comic books. It really expands the lore. And if you've never dived into that, you should. Uh, there is a, a massive amount. Uh, also, characters, Cenobites that were in the movies, like Chatterer. You learn Chatterer's backstory. Uh, he was a abused uh, boy named Jim um, who uh, framed uh, his mom for his murder. And uh, he also got abused at, at the orphanage. And it, it he has a really tragic uh backstory where he kind of basically becomes a man whore and uh um uh he uh, uh tells his tragic story to like a john who happens to have a lament configuration and uh wishes that he were hideous so he'd be loved for the person he was and <laughs> there's a the whole rich backstory with chatterer and uh uh, after not to reveal the whole story, but after kind of failing things that led to uh, them granting his wish and he became hideous. So you learn a lot more about Chatterer in the comic books and uh, uh, Butterball as well. And it's, yeah, uh, I highly recommend it, and it's a lot to dive into. In fact, um, some of this is hard to find now, but you can kind of... Uh, the Boom stuff, which is like the mo most recent of the comic books, there is an omnibus out. It's not everything. Uh, you'll also have to, uh, unfortunately, I don't know why they never released the second 
omnibus edition, but you also have to uh, grab uh, these. Hopefully, I'm showing these in order, but the Dark Watch. Um, just kind of giving you an idea. The second Dark Watch. The uh, third Dark Watch. There is a little bit of, it's weird because to get these, there's a little bit of crossover that actually is in the omnibus, but it doesn't have everything. Uh, the Road, Hellraiser, The Road Below, which is a prequel that, if memory serves, this is like a little bit, I don't remember at what point between Kirsty becoming uh, the Hell Priest, but it, it kind of is a bit of a jump back. And uh, yeah. So, in, in addition to that, with the earlier stuff, I recommend, and I think I probably already didn't grab all of these, but uh, I recommend picking these up. Uh, Hellraiser, the collected best collections. Right there. Very cool artwork. Yeah. Some of these are more hard to find than others. Um, Rebecca sure. McKenzie wrote a couple. I don't know if, if those are there, but I know she um, she wrote a few uh, Hellraiser comic books. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, highly recommend you dive into all of that stuff. It's it's great. Um, and I don't know. Maybe we'll just cut it there as far as the comics go. Um, there's just so much. Um, Barbie like Richard Bloodstone played by Peter Atkins. Um, uh, actually, no, he wasn't in the comics. Pardon me. I'm <clears throat> getting my, my lore <laughs> mixed up there, but uh, yeah, you'll learn about like uh, uh, Flagellum, uh, Alistar. Uh, and here's one of the more, most interesting things. And this isn't a huge part of the comic books, but uh, we also get a famous person that was a Cenobite, Lon Chaney. Uh, in the story <laughs> storyline in the comics, Lon Chaney uh, became a, a Cenobite, and he was actually a serial killer who skinned his victims and used their their skin in his performances. So that's like a really cool uh, thing. You also get the ferryman, who was a KKK member and politician. Yeah who ran a, basically a ferry boat of horrors. There's, there's a lot of interesting stuff that you never get to touch upon in the movies. In, uh, the Cowards. Comics. So, yeah. That's just a little small taste of it. And, yeah. There you go. I need more KKK Cinebites. It's awesome. <laughs> that was a cool little storyline on the ferry. It was, yeah, pretty dark shit, actually. A lot, a lot mm -hmm. of sh the stuff in the comics are pretty dark. <clears throat> You're muted, Todd. It's time for some merchandise. You kind of already showed us with some comic books. Yes. So I'm going to unplug for this because I think it's going to be a little bit easier for me to grab everything. So we uh, got to behave and not echo, echo, echo. All right. Echo! See? <laughs> all right. So this is uh, just because it's within arm's length. This is just an art piece that I thought was really cool and uh, can't tell you the artist, but 
I love cats <laughs> and I love Hellraiser. So this is just a neat little uh, art piece that I have. And I can't I think it's called Hell Kitty. And I, I believe that's the artist back there. Sorry, I don't have her name handy, but that's been hanging on my <laughs> that's been hanging on my wall for a while. Um, now this one of my prized possessions at this point because I got a lot of signatures on it, and this is my puzzle box. You can see, uh, I believe that's Doug Bradley yeah. there, Andrew Robinson, uh, Nick Vince, and Simon Bamford. It's kind of getting to the point where got to get like a few of them on different sides of the cube. Uh, working my way around. Barbie Wild. Uh, this is like one of the, the wood ones, so it's... Is that uh, Ashley Lawrence also, the colored one you didn't show? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again? There's the colored one. Was that Ashley Lawrence? Yeah. Ashley Lawrence is right there. She's pretty easy to read. Sometimes I have to go back. Clive Barker yeah. there. Sorry for any glare, but... Uh, I don't know. You're like Dan trying to look and see. There's signatures everywhere trying to remember yeah. who, was, who was there. But that is my puzzle box. And sorry, trying to put these away in between. Um, so this is kind of Hellraiser adjacent. And I'm going out of order here, but this is. Uh, Tortured Souls. This was a limited edition. I'll try and get this to focus the best I can. But um, certainly very Hellraiser-esque in its design. This is a really gruesome looking uh, figure. And uh, I have quite a few Tortured Souls. Um, very new Cenobite. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they definitely took some inspiration. And I think that's, that's probably why you guys love the look so much, because I knew you were both big fans of that line. Yep. I, yeah. I got Those, all the 12 inches. So, yeah. There's a lot. 18-inch or whatever it was. I got I the big ones. On there. It's like a sort of fetus thing going yeah. there. And, uh, yeah, very disgusting. Very Hellraiser. Um, I'm not going to show off the boobies, but I think you can kind of see the Scarlet box there. Yeah. And I'm not going to show up all the Clive Barker book collection. I've got them all. Well, we want to see the figures. Come on, Dan. Quit <laughs> <laughs> teasing us. Here is a newer one that you can still get quite easily. Um, yeah, the Necro Ultimate. Yeah, the Ultimate Pinhead. Uh, so if you, you're looking for a pinhead that's, you know, affordable, you can it's go moving it so much Target right go. now. Uh very, very okay. cool. Those are money like what, like 40 bucks? Safe? They're like they're 30. like 30. Yeah, 30. Yeah, 40 bucks just to be safe. Yeah, it's not a bad price. Maybe 35. Um this one uh Hellraiser 3. Yeah, this one's Hellraiser. There's actually a lot of Hellraiser 3 stuff. It's cheaper to license. Doing my best here with the glare, but uh, see this this box is from three. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, there used to be more four because that was the easiest ones to license. I like the box, man. There's That's from cool. Inferno too. If you go to like Fye, there's like Inferno shirts and stuff. That's cool. Uh, if you don't like three, you should give that to me. <laughs> hey, I almost got, and I've told it before, like the the six foot 
animatronic was the the pinhead one was supposed to be the first one. And oh, then, I love that. I don't have it, and I wish you did. And then when wow. I went back to get it, it was sold out, so I got the Michael Myers one. I actually wanted the pinhead one more than the Michael Myers animatronic, but it was yeah. so much more cooler and it had all the lines. I wish so. uh, I wish I had that animatronic. That's been on a wish list for a long time, but I'm not going to pay that much now for a you know old. This is a Comic Con exclusive. I did actually get Doug to sign this one. Um, probably fairly rare now. Is it all bronze or it's silver? It's what like what is kind of chrome. a silver chrome? Okay. Uh, Dan, the fucking corner coming off is killing me, dude. <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple of these with some light wear, but that happens. They all look really. It's not cool. like he's gonna sell them. You too nonchalant about this. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, I'm triggered. Also, I'm sorry. What? I'm being triggered. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta put it out of your mind. This is a uh, Living Dead dolls pinhead signed by Doug Bradley as well. It's good there. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm at a point where I think I'd probably have his signature on more stuff than just about anybody at this point. Have him sign your pubic bone. Couldn't you get everyone to sign that pinhead? Did do you have autographs of any of the other pinheads? Oh, I'm getting there. Oh, okay, exciting. Uh, oh, there it yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, there are a few things I wasn't able to grab because I need a ladder. But uh, this is the Doctor Chenard yeah. set that Kruger referenced earlier. Yeah, that was like my favorite out of that uh, NECA toy line, the original Hellraiser line that they did. That thing was so yeah. fucking badass. It really is, and. Uh, this uh, held up pretty well in some different moves and everything. Uh, pretty close. I mean, not maybe not a little bit of box wear, but nothing too terrible on it. Uh, this is another one. Also, again, a lot of three merchandise. Uh, another hmm. Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. If you hate it so much, you should just not buy it out of principle. <laughs> uh, I love the franchise, so no look. It is pinhead. God, all the all shit he talks on three. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I hope now you can only get judgment. This is, uh, this is Mezco, and I think this is not impossible to find yet. I could be wrong on that. I don't know if I have it. I'm not exactly. It's got bloody fingers. Fuck you. The eBay. Game. This this is what I'm jealous of. This is the uh the big one. This one is signed the 18 inch signed by Doug Bradley. Uh yeah, this one's huge. I have tons of the 18 inch figures. That's the one I, yeah. You never got him? No. Surprise. This one uh is really fucking cool. Definitely one of my favorite yeah. uh Hellraiser uh pieces. But you have uh, some some of the eighteen inch stuff that I never actually got. Uh, I think you had the big pumpkin head. No, uh, I didn't get the big hump pumpkin head. That was when I was one. I got Spalding. I have the pumpkin head figure, the smaller yeah. one. But I got yeah. Spalding, American Psycho, Freddy, Jason, Michael, Ash, Leatherface. I think that's all of them. Uh, uh, the other one that got away besides the pinhead one is the Hellraiser one. Sorry. The Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy one with the the red sweater, the part one one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a God. You know, I, I mean, I I think I mean I might have more Freddy 
figure. I mean, there I have a shit ton of Freddy stuff. That's well, there's a lot of Freddy merchandise, but yeah, we'll show that off in an upcoming video. Volume, yeah, that's actually going to be really hard because there's just a lot of Freddy stuff. Uh, so continuing the figures, I have Chatterer signed by Nick Vince. Uh, that's a good. That's that figure's taken care of. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that he's really cool. I, I haven't had any real bad experiences with any of the Hellraiser. Do you have the uh, the one box set that they did or the box uh, set the of diorama? them that they did? Yeah, I chains so and stuff. I, I do that is not accessible because it they were loose and I yeah. ended up, yeah. Mine is still in the box. I'm just not willing to get it. Yeah, that's the only way you could get the uh, Hellbound Chatterer is in that box. Yeah. This is uh, signed by Simon Bamford, Butterball. Very cool. Yeah, Yeah, those NECA figures were the shit. They're expensive, so there's like stuff I could have had signed that I didn't for whatever reason at different points. Here's another. Uh, this you can. I'm almost positive to get right now. This is a newer. Oh yeah, the wrestling the, one. The He-Man ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's Hellraiser yeah. three as well. Jesus. <laughs> Team uh, Hellraiser three. Come on. Yeah, I think you know what's funny. The Funko Pop of Chatterer. He Chatterer isn't even in Hellraiser three, but it says Hellraiser three on it. <laughs> yeah, just cheaper. Um, this one is uh, from a, a different. It's the cult classic line. Mm. Another pinhead there. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to keep all this straight. Um, I'm not going to show off Clive's books, but I do have. He's not the only uh, writer in the Hellraiser universe, so we'll show off some of that. Uh, let's see. So this is a little weird. I have a single Wire Twins, but I also have the. Uh, the pack with both of them somewhere here coming along. It's not that weird. They're trying to get all your money. It's fine. <laughs> I have CD. Mm-hmm. CD's nice. nuts. <laughs> got to get Pete Atkins to sign this. I've got uh, Barbie there. Nice. Uh, this one I know is one of the more rare ones. In fact, I had to pay a bit for this. Mm, the, Beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one's uh that one's a little more expensive. Some of these you can get, like you're not gonna get them like cheap anymore, but yeah, some aren't ridiculous. That one I'm sure is well north of a hundred bucks if you're keeping score to collect. But uh all right, got Surgeon here, kind of getting later into the franchise. Uh, this one, I think this is also one of the more rare ones. Skin Magnolia, mm. which is really cool. Um, I keep a lot of these like hung on my wall, which is kind of nice. Keep trying at some point to keep every bit of Hellraiser merch like all together. I think I showed Barbie, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Running out of places to put this stuff at this point. Showed Butterball, showed Chatterer. Um, oh, still got 
few more here from that line of toys. Uh, as I said, the Liar Twins. Oh, and Torso. Mm, nice. Yeah, and Torso. Oh, yeah. I should say with, with Torso. Uh, definitely very uh, memorable uh, characters in Inferno. Probably the hottest. Well, I can't say that, but as a duo, I guess the hottest duo. Um, They're the only Cenobite duo, though. <laughs> the hottest Cenobite, Angelique. Team Pinhead. I still need Frank. Frank's a rare one that I need to mm-hmm. track down at some point. Um, and also, again, Tortured Souls. Very Hellraiser esque there. It's very cool. Pulled apart there. Feverish uh, is the name of this one. Again, mm-hmm. very gory, very nasty. Also, could be inspired by Seven. Right? Yeah. Uh, that one definitely. I just see one big hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Zane there. And uh, Saltax. So I don't have all of these or anything, but uh, those are ones. I With my uh, action figures, if I can help it, I try and actually get them out in the wild. I really don't like ordering them online. Oh, I mean, like unboxing them. I'm like, oh, buy two. They, yeah, they always tend to show up fucked up. Um, no, you know. If you're paying a premium price. Uh, so this is going to be really hard to focus, but the original poster signed by a ton of people. Yeah, Love careful with that reflection. Yeah, dude. don't fucking drop that shit. Sorry. And don't let your dick fall out. <laughs> My dick ain't falling out. I'm just saying there's a reflection there. and I don't want to see it in YouTube. We don't want to see what porn tab you have. Open. Only Dan's. <laughs> there you go. This isn't the original poster art, so it's easier to hold up. Uh, this is signed by pretty much everybody. So that's uh, uh, I get place of honor on the wall. Not the again, not the original poster, but uh, at a certain point, uh, the uh, twenty-seven by forties take up a lot of space. So, so yeah. Uh, uh, let's see what else do I got? I have. All of the Clyde Barker uh, books and comic series, those I've, I've got them all. Um, you can look those up pretty easily. But I did want to put over a great writer, well, a few great writers, but uh, Barbie Wild. She is a fantastic writer. I got this, which is out of print now, Voices of the Damned, uh, one of her collections. And... Um, this uh she was uh kind enough to sign for me there at one of the cons uh also her serial killer novel the yeah. Venus complex the, this this one's easy to find uh voices of the damned uh, i think you probably have to be spending a decent chunk now uh but venus complex pugs i think is a read that you would very much appreciate 
Oh, I bet you, Mike, you. Also, when you get a chance, Dan, send me notice. <laughs> I want to read it. Uh, uh, never oh, mind. Yeah. We'll talk about that after. Uh, also, Patient K. That's a little, like, this is, like, usually, like, $3. Just a little short story you can get off Amazon that she wrote. And uh, she is not the only Cenobite. Uh, so I have his other collection somewhere, and I just misplaced it. But uh, Nicholas Vince, the chatterer, he's got a few mm. uh, collections out there, what monsters do. Definitely check that out. Uh, and, uh, of course, Pete Atkins. I highly recommend some of his novels, uh, Morningstar, Moontown. He's uh, a great writer. He has a new... Uh, short story collection that's out for pre-order now. The name's escaping me, but he, uh, I believe he talked about it on his stream. And, uh, yes. I think I'm running out of stuff to show off for now. It's not everything I have, and I do apologize. I tried to hunt everything down, but there you go. Before, nice before we move on to the future of the franchise... I do want to say, for any of our audio listeners, to see all of Dan's merchandise and, and stuff he showed off, you're going to need to go watch us on YouTube. So, yeah, just uh, th- throwing yeah. that out there. Fletch and with YouTube on YouTube. You should subscribe to it, even if you prefer. Do you, have, do you have this one, Dan? The steelbook for the uh, first three movies? Uh, no. Is that the Arrow one? Wow. Yeah, it's the Arrow uh, steelbook. I didn't that know that back was is awesome. Yeah, it's nice. pretty fuck. It's pretty dope. And the first three films are in this. Uh, nice. This is like the alternative for the box set. Right. Okay. This was the alternate Scarlet Box. Very cool. It has three uncut. So great. Yep. Um, all right. So what's next? All right. Future of the franchise. What do you want to see next? Um. Well, for me, I definitely like. We do have Pinhead and Dead by Daylight, but I would like to actually see a Hellraiser video game. I think it would be very, very cool, especially just implementing like puzzles and solving the box. You know, maybe why uh, Cenobites are chasing after you or going after you or you're fighting through hell. Uh, There's a lot of stuff they could do that could be really cool with that. But as far as movies, you know, I just want a sequel to the Hulu um, movie and see where they're going to go. And I hope that, you know, maybe we can get three of them, you know, having three good additions to the Hellraiser franchise, uh, I think would be awesome. So uh, I hope they continue with the story that they have. I think they have a solid pinhead and, you know, just run with it with what they have with the Vought storyline, the cliffhanger we were left on. So. You're, uh, Pugs? Muted, You're muted, Dan. Pugs, go ahead. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm excited about the show coming out, so that's where oh, I'm yeah, going to be looking to, and I hope I like it more than something else that they I'm waiting for in. David Gordon Green to come and save the franchise. If, oh look, I'm a big Eastbound and Down fan, so if, if, if they lean into comedy, fuck it, I don't care. I, I'm mad at this point. That we didn't have fucking Katie Powers in the the Halloween trilogy. I mean, we had him in, in a black version in the first movie. Danny, that was that's him. Uh, I wanted full on Katie Powers as the Doctor Loomis. I wish we got that now. 
Was that but, pure evil? Matter of fact, motherfucker, it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually fucking awesome. All right, so um, I had to do it. Actually, before I, uh, we did this, I had it written down like, oh, I, I do want another movie. And I gave him the recipe for it, but I think I'm gonna write a fucking comic book about it. So I'm gonna save that, and you know, maybe we'll release it here. Uh, but no, uh, more movies, more shows, more fucking Hellraiser. Like I don't really care what medium; just give me more and make it good. Uh, I think we have the perfect jumping-off point now, or continuation point for uh, the twenty uh, twenty-two film. I certainly see no reason that you have to just go back and reboot something or, you know, even if you weren't completely satisfied, you know, there's certainly quality there. Uh, it's a lot fucking better than uh, uh, sequels and reboots this deep into the franchise. Uh, so I'd like to see more what we could do with uh, Jamie Clayton and uh, Voight potentially. Or not, you know, like I said, if, if it starts to kind of jump off into its own uh, thing, that's fine, too. Uh, Even I, the I dog knows it's not that good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's something that uh, I, I think they did a really good job. And uh, he's just going nuts over Hellraiser 22. Right? Like, yeah, I don't have any specific ideas. I don't want to say I don't want uh, Riley, but I do want uh, that to continue. Jamie Clayton, especially, and yeah, can be something totally new. We just totally that movie is just done, and we're on to our new thing. Um, well, me, I think they should do like the last two and just ignore the the last film and just do something different. I I want. If, if, I will shit on the show just as bad if they, if the sex is gone. My answer so, to that, though, is you're kind of like... The movie was successful, from what I understand. Of course, we don't see the streaming figures. You're kind of acknowledging a defeat that's not there by just, you know, pretending like it didn't exist. So until they really fuck up, like just really fuck up bad, and that's like a consensus... Yeah, but you're not in the majority opinion on that. Um, that doesn't you matter. My opinion doesn't matter now, Dan. No, I didn't say it doesn't matter. So I'm minority just opinions don't matter in terms of the you know just what makes business sense at this point. It's still a winner. They could totally fuck it up with another movie, but uh, I just, I'm waiting for the show. Yeah, doing and another I'll bitch show. if it's not, not sex step either. either. I want HBO. I'm all for more sexing it up. They I'm wondering to deliver. Who the fuck are they going to have play Pinhead in this show, though? Like, that's my concern. Might be dead. We might not even have a show because I haven't really heard anything specific in a while on the show. So, I don't know. We'll see. Last I heard, it's still coming, but I, yeah, can't, but, yeah, I don't have specifics. Green, so, I'm happy with that being dead. That guy's a fucking idiot. Sorry, but I'm still <laughs> feeling the burn for the last three movies. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Hellraiser as a show works too. Yeah, they can do it as an anthology series if they need to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just different people discovering the puzzle box. That'd be cool. How do we not get like a, <laughs> a Freddy's Nightmare style Hellraiser oh show? <laughs> Somebody gets the box Spencer? every week. That would have been awesome. I'm just saying. Maybe that's what HBO is doing. Fucking 
I had the puzzle box open up and beefy boy. God damn it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> beefy boy. <laughs> I, I almost think, like, as a show, I suppose you could just do a direct follow up from the first two movies uh, and kind of do the boom comics thing. That's not going to be cheap. That's cool. And I just don't know that they would commit the budget i mean it doesn't have to be it's not why game would they of not it's hellraiser they i mean it's in hbo they it could yeah. be their next game of thrones if they really you know backed it up they could yeah. do it i mean it's not gonna cost that much but you know it might be a little bit more than but, they want to spend on a you know horror franchise show look but, at all the money they spent on lovecraft country that's true you never know uh and i'd be and down I think, for it and i think a property with a name has more legs than love as good as lovecraft company was Lovecraft Country was people fucking love a franchise. So, well, yeah. you know, one thing I'll compliment that show on that has nothing really to do with the 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 one season that we got. And I, I don't remember the exact quote, but it isn't it cool to just say like, yeah, you know, I don't think we had anything that was going to top one, so we're not going to do season two. That's no. refreshing to me. They just knew they didn't have anything uh, or anything that was worthwhile. So why beat it to death? I wish we could do that more often. So. I do not. Yeah, I wanted more, but <laughs> yeah, but not, I don't want shit. Like, I mean, like, well, no, who's to say it was going to be automatically shit? You know, well, the creators just <laughs> thought that it wasn't going to live up to one. So I don't know. Things don't. Sometimes happen. it's better to go out on top. I get what you're saying. I, I would have liked like a, a spinoff, though. I wanted to be in that world more. You could still get it, I suppose. I mean. You know, at the, yeah. I mean, at this point, I, what would be the point? Though? New story, same universe. I mean, there's a Lovecraft, yeah. a lot of shit you can. Well, do. hopefully, we get still get the Hellraiser show. Yeah, honestly, with the HBO shakeup, it, it, it you're probably right. It is up yeah. in the air, but I haven't heard an outright it's dead, and I haven't heard an outright it's still, you know. So it's probably somewhere yeah. in the middle right now. Everything's in flux right now. With HBO, so. I know there's probably like a hundred things that I didn't get to, but as we get close to the three hours, that's just how it is. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed this. It's definitely, again, uh, my favorite franchise as far as, you know, some of these iconic uh, characters go. Uh, Hellraiser, it's hard to pick a true like favorite horror film, but it's kind of my go-to answer just because it meant so much to me. Uh, and still does and uh, please weigh in with all your picks i know they're going to be all over uh the place i know there's gonna be a lot of you that uh like three the most and uh kind of prefer the the you know the kind of the, the mtv mainstream uh rock and roll pinhead and that's all good um there might be some uh as long as you don't pick hell right revelations at number one i might not pick whatever you want it's they your opinion Dan's trying to backpedal on three now. I know how I, I just I, realized how much merch he has. <laughs> I think I, I know a few people that uh, rank Hellworld pretty high for some reason. And uh, I, it, honestly, it could be a nostalgia thing. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah, rankings. Superman gets a blowjob. You know, like I said, I understand. There you go. That's like, yeah. Uh, so I think that's all we have for you guys tonight have a happy happy halloween hope you've had a, a great october check out all the other content that we put out in october every day 
Uh, support the Patreon at patreon.com slash flesh wound features because after October, I am tired. <laughs> but it, we do it all for you. Uh, and uh, we appreciate uh, we appreciate your support. And gentlemen, we're taking a week off. <laughs> Not really, but. <laughs> oh, were you signing out? That's all I've got. Okay. So, good night. All right. You opened the box. We came. Dan to some, angels to others. I'll see you in Disneyland. <laughs>